it is Monday, August 9th. Massive show today. Don't need to waste any more time. Just need you to know that if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend. Tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Big guests, big conversations, big Monday. Let's get to it. It's a great day to have a great day. Shout out to whoever invented that first and also Coach JB who made it famous on Last Chance You on Netflix. I hope you had a fantastic Hall of Fame weekend. I got into some stuff this weekend. We will talk about that in the second hour with the host of the stuff that I got into, which is, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. He'll be joining us. Today's show is loaded not just with guests, but with massive stories being told by each one of them. Darius Leonard will be joining us in about an hour and 27 minutes to talk about the massive conversation contract that he has earned and signed to remain with the Indianapolis Colts, I think for another five years or something like that. $52 million guaranteed. Congrats yeah. to him. Yeah. Shout out to the maniac, Darius Leonard. His birthday was like a week ago when they checked into training camp. Nobody knew what was going to happen long term, but we all knew he was going to be a rich man. Fred Warner, inside linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, who has a similar career, but worse stats in basically every category than Darius Leonard. He got broken off because he earned it, and he deserved it, and he's a stud. But Darius and his people had to watch Fred Warner's deal and go, pooh, this is what we're going to do. $52 million bucks for him to remain a Colt, all of Indianapolis. Annapolis is happy. This dude is a fucking beast on the field. We'll yeah. talk to him. 1.30, an hour and 26 minutes from now. Congrats to the new wealthiest man in Indianapolis. Well, a new wealthy man in Indianapolis because the wealthiest man in Indianapolis, Jim Ursay, I believe, mm-hmm. he was a big part of this past weekend's entire celebrations in Canton, Ohio. We'll talk about that with Jay Glazer in the third oh, hour today. Hey. 2.30 Eastern Daylight Time. Can't wait to talk to hashtag Jay New Jay Glazer. He was at everybody's parties this past weekend at Hall of Fame weekend. I had a couple interactions with Jay over the weekend telling me stories about things that were happening. He's been around all these guys for so long. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on the weekend. And in between Jay and Darius Leonard on this particular show, Ryan Krauser, Olympic gold medal shot putter. We'll be joining us. Let's go. Hey, listen, we, t- we talked about shot put the day before shot put uh, finals happened on our televisions. We said, I don't fully understand what shot put is. I don't know why it's still happening. seems a bit archaic. I'm not 100% sure why people still do it. But then I got to watch it live. And not only Krauser, but also Kovacs and everything. Mm-hmm. The amount of explosion that radiates through these humans' bodies as they're chucking a 16-pound bowling ball. Record distances than any human in the past. And this sport has been around since, like, anytime there was a 16-pound rock, I assume that's when it started. Oh, yeah. yep. And that was probably at a point in time way, 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 way back. He said he won for his grandpa, but the shot-putting tradition is so long. Can't wait to talk to this massive cowboy who throws rocks further than everybody. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. So big show today. The uh, Toxic Table's here at Boston Connor. Ty Schmidt, all the boys in the back. The Hammer Down boys will be in in about an hour or so. Massive Hall of Fame weekend, boys. Huge. Yeah, it was awesome. Hey, Loved it. It was absolutely awesome. It, it was... I didn't get to see all of the speeches, but I saw a majority of them. I didn't get the chance to celebrate all of Hall of Fame weekend. I think I missed a couple maybe things that happened, but I feel like I got a chance to kind of feel what it was again, which is the Hall of Fame is a uh, welcome back to NFL football for everybody, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's like... Halloween leads into, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas and everything that's going on and Hanukkah and every other holiday that happens around that time that I don't know the ins and outs of of all of them. I wish I did. I apologize, but you get it. Halloween is like, hey, we're here. 
Hall of Fame weekend is, hey, we're here. We yeah. it. It, it was, and then getting a chance to go back and relive so many memories and plays and then listen to the greats of the greats speak about why they were great and how they were great and who helped them along the way. I absolutely loved Hall of Fame weekend. Two nights back to back, a lot of speeches, a lot of talking, a lot of learning, I think a lot of insightful, but I assume for everybody in Canton, a lot of booze. I bet you they were fucking getting after it for three, four days straight. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how everybody feels. I got a couple of texts from some people that were over there. They said it was an incredible incredible weekend that they probably will pay for for about a week or so <laughs> i loved hall of fame weekend your big takeaways i'll, I'll start with you uh boston connor tom brady being a guest of honor for tom brady sitting uh, at, back out there in the section and then whenever uh you know peyton even gave him a little shout out to the crowd and and they turned and show they booed him what were they do why was thomas edward patrick Brady the third booed for in Canton. Do they not know that? Guess what? Hey, huh. Huh, you're sitting at his house. That's some bitch going to live there forever. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't moved in yet, but he's going to be there for a long, long, long haul. But then you start thinking about who's there. Okay, yeah. so not only are the Colts fans there, Peyton was talking. A lot of Colts fans were there. Uh, Edger and James as well. Incredible speech. We'll talk about that. They, but Peyton and Edge, by the way, represented for the Indianapolis Colts and crushed for the weekend. But also Steelers fans are there. Oh, they hate the Patriots. Uh-huh. Yeah. Steelers hate the Patriots. Uh, there were some Jets folks there, obviously, but then let's go ahead and remember the there was who, who's the last speaker of the whole weekend? Uh, uh, Raider, uh, okay, Ooh. Charles. Woods. The Raiders fans were there in abundance, and I'm not sure anybody hates Tom Brady more than them with that whole tuck thing that started the entire this entire run. Well, I don't know. I might put myself right next to him, but uh, oh no, <laughs> come yeah. on, hey, look, hey, look, uh, I oh, love this him. Way as soon as he retires, I love him forever. Don't nah, worry. you were pulling for Tom last year in the Super Bowl. Oh well. I was pulling for him because you had money on him. You're not not going to root for your money. You got to uh, root for your so money. What you were betting on? Who am I? Are you scared? He's scared to get lumped in with yeah. Matt Damon. That's right. Uh, oh, right. No, don't you dare with that Matt Damon character. That guy's dead to me too. Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah. You're scared that and Bill Burr. What what Bill Burr said? No, he's no, no. Th- I said Berg as well. Wahlberg. Bill Burr is. I mean, he's the pinnacle. He is the Patriots Nation now. I mean, everyone's looking at Bill Burr for. Where we're standing. Yeah, but how about all these New England Patriots fans that are saying, like, you know, Matt Damon, who said a lot of things, I guess, but then also said that he would be pulling for Tom Brady in a Super Bowl matchup against the New England Patriots. A lot of New England Patriots fans are like, you son of a bitch, you stabbed us right in the heart. You're our guy. We saw you as a janitor. I mean, you did your whole thing in our town. I mean, basically, what's going on here? And then Mark Wahlberg, it's like... Hey, Mark comes out and says, I'm pulling for Tom Brady there. Yeah. You're a New England Patriots fan's like, well, they're dead forever. I think some of these New England Patriots fans should maybe check some receipts on this guy. Uh, I think you're probably right. right. Yeah. yeah. From when? Well, oh, I don't no. think you ever said that you were pulling for Tom Brady over New England, but last year during that playoff run, <laughs> oh, my God. when it looked like the Patriots were never going to be in the playoffs Give ever again. Talk talking about ordering a Brady Buckster. Oh, yeah. For the playoffs. Because, you know, normally I have a team. He said, this is normally when our season starts this year a little bit different. I remember there was an entire thing. Get out and, of here. Yeah. You two yeah. are spinning a bullshit yard right now. <laughs> and I won't stand for no. it. I bet on the Washington football team in the first round against the Bucks Heineke. How could you not? I took True Breeze, even though I knew he had a noodle arm, against the Bucks, And, obviously, I took the Packers because I wanted them to win. I didn't want the Bucks to win, damn it. But when he gets to the Super Bowl, yeah, sure, I'll watch the guy win. 
win a seventh Super Bowl and, you know, rejoice in the fact that history lives on forever. You two have got to be kidding me right now talking about this bullshit. So you did enjoy watching them. Yeah, I enjoyed watching this. I enjoy enjoy when we get to see what will never happen again for the rest of the It's very early in this show. You need to be this heated. And now I'm pissed. (laughs) This is four more hours, and I'm going to be pissed the whole entire time. You lumped me in with Matt Damon. Matt Damon is dead to me. Yo. God damn it. What the hell? Once again, these are all oh. things that somebody who potentially does have bad receipts would say. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, okay. Someone go through the archives then, because this is horseshit. I'm joking. I think it is. I think it is fascinating though that I thought we we're all in a hey, we love Tom Brady now thing, and then whenever they showed him, and everybody's like, "No, we yeah. do not." You think we forgot about that tuck rule? We'd be celebrating a lot different thing here tonight with Charles Woodson, and a boom, boom. boom. You, think, you think we forgot about all those times that old Tommy Boy went up there and dominated us and knocked us out of the place? Because there for a while, it was like. Pittsburgh fans, I mean, they're in, they're in abundance this week. And Troy Polamalu laid out basically, hey, here is the guideline for being a Pittsburgh Steeler. Hey, let me go ahead and tell you our mantra for being a Pittsburgh Steeler. It goes as such, all right? And then he also said in there, uh, he, he went on to the Face First podcast with Ryan Clark, which was incredible. I think it said bigger than the Hall of Fame. It was him, Ike Taylor, and uh, Troy Polamalu talking that entire thing. Troy lay, lays out that entire, like, hey, this is what a Pittsburgh Steeler is, you know, being a Yenzer and di- right. dialing into the city. And uh, I completely, you know, forgot people in Pittsburgh have hated Tom Brady for fucking ever, oh, too. Long yep. time. I mean, so as soon yeah. as they put Tom basically right into maybe his most hated yeah. arena, maybe By all far. of his fans that all the fans that hate him the most, they put him in there. That was, that was an awesome moment for Tom and him saying, what did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just here supporting a friend, being a guy, him getting booed. It was just a great weekend, man. I really enjoyed it. Hey, I'm happy you you seem to be calmed down. All right. Go, I am. Hey, go furious. Pats. Go. Hey, go Pats. I'm go Pats. white knuckling right now. Yeah. Go hey. Pats. Go. This is See, you're back. We're back. We're back. Here we go. I'm pissed, but sure. Peyton Manning's speech was awesome. Yeah. Him basically saying, this is why this is why you should love football. He laid out what kids in the future will get to do, and at the end is that have fun, basically. And he talked about everything going on in the world and how now, since before this time, it was about us. Now that he's in the Hall of Fame going forward, it's about being uh, you know, a steward of the game and like making yeah. sure this game carries on. And his quote, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel it, is unbelievable, uh, unbelievably deep. And I think, by the way, it can go for everything he potentially mentioned in his entire speech, not just about the football and everything else. I mean, it was just, I thought it was very well put together. He powered through that thing. He did not take any breaks because they told him he had six minutes, and I think he was on the record saying, I'm going to use only my six minutes, allotted six minutes, because I think Peyton it was trying to be like, hey, if I was able to do it, 
everybody can be able to yeah. do it going forward because of the abuses of times that have happened in the past. We should at least, this is how we could do it. So if you give him a guideline of how to go and he says he's going to do it, I guess he stayed in there. I don't know what the official time was. He was reading that thing, though, very quick. Yeah. Yeah. There was Moving. a couple good pops he could have got, too, and I think he powered through. So I think there was a couple standing ovation moments, potentially, and laughing and clapping moments in there that maybe didn't have as big of a moment because he powered right through it because he had a lot to say. Uh, but what a fucking speech by him and Edron James as well. Like as a Colt, I think Edron James talking about perceptions and uh, his secret weapon of him working out before anybody or even afterwards after driving everybody home from the club after sipping on cranberry when everybody else was drinking vodka or whatever. And he just goes, works out at 4 or 5 a.m. And Jim Ursay who inducted him, said uh, it was so funny in the video. He said, this is a guy that would outwork everybody. At 3 a.m. he'd work out. And Jim Irsay said, that's no exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he was was trying to showcase that people say this all the time about people, but Edge's work ethic, I guess, even behind the scenes, no glitz or glamour. I just want to let everybody know, like, that is awesome. I'm, I'm so happy and proud for all of them. And uh, what an incredible weekend. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, like like you said, with Peyton, I think everyone expected it. We've seen him host SNL. Like, we've seen enough of Peyton now with Peyton's places college and Bowl. everything. Yeah, College Bowl. Like, he was going to crush it no matter what. And, I mean, to your point, too, about, like, cutting people down, he roasted Ray Lewis, you know, from still – he just finished his speech from two years ago or whatever. But I think you're right. The – I didn't know what to expect out of Edron James's really, just because you never really know what these guys are going to say. I think going into it, and especially because we didn't have one last year, you expect a lot of just like the cliche ones. But like his his was incredible. I was blown away. Like and and it didn't look like he had anything that he was like going. He literally just got up there and kind of just spoke from the heart, and it was it was amazing. Edge, great businessman too. True. Really? Oh yeah. Great businessman. Hey, he is not scared to. He will dabble in any business and do well in it. It it feels like following along, he, you know, he introduced his children. Yeah. I basically, I feel like I know them pretty well now because I follow along on his Instagram. His Instagram's very good. Yeah. His Instagram is very, very good. He he is a, a great follow. But the amount of pride that he had for each one of his kids, and it's not like bullshit, by the way. If you follow him, he's posting about all of them basically all the time. It is. That was really cool. And his drop top on 28s, I was told. Ooh, I thought it was 26s. Okay, I had a Cadillac Escalade that had 24s on them. It was tough to turn, all right? So <laughs> then there's 26s that get put on. It has to be impossible to ride. I was told that Edge's drop top had 28s on them with that Pro Football Hall of Fame beautiful custom paint job. Now Peyton signed it. I think Troy signed it. I think he's got a lot of people riding. He he crushed the week. Edron James fucking slaughtered the weekend. Peyton did as well. It was a great weekend to be a cold. Well, and I think, too, like, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah, Jim Irsay threw hundreds. Throwing yeah, hundreds. That was, yeah, that was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. But Edge like, told him to. And a lot of people say Jim looks like an asshole or whatever, but I assume people are saying what's up. And Edge actually gives him the uh, make it rain. Yeah, let it rain. And then Ursay, brother, that didn't go. I'm sorry. The wind. I forget, though, because, you know, I mean, I when Edron James left the Colts, I was probably like, you know, 13 or 14 or whatever. Like, I forget that, like, when he left, it wasn't like, I mean, 
just because of how long it's been, like it was like oh, maybe he was like losing step. I think he led the NFL in rushing, and then they traded him, like I, and then had that entire another career in Arizona. But for whatever reason, just because times passed, it's like you forget that kind of stuff. It's like oh, this guy was a fucking dog. I love watching the highlights. Yeah, you know, like whenever you get to see Calvin Johnson's highlights for oh. five straight minutes or whatever, and then he goes up there and talks about how we should all be smoking a little bit more weed. I, I, I absolutely love. <laughs> that whole thing but whenever you got a chance to watch like for instance Najee Harris was immediately compared to Le'Veon Bell probably because he was a Pittsburgh Steeler or whatever but that's a very difficult thing to make a comparison to somebody who has been very good in the past and comparing somebody but are usually the way Edge play like Ed the way I completely forgot the way Edger and James played oh, I, yeah. think. I think a lot of people did mostly because he's not out there like pumping his highlights or he's not on TV where they can roll in and say hey here's Edger and James yep. with a couple highlights beforehand getting a chance to see his highlights again oh my he's so god wild. he's so fucking good yeah. and he could run great routes he was like he was a guy who probably could have been wide receiver if he wanted to in the NFL. His rookie year, he goes shows up rookie of the year, does the whole thing. Then the second year, I guess he would have done the same Almost thing. Almost rushed two thousand yards. Yeah, yeah. In that offense. Whenever he jumped in there, Peyton Manning was probably so fucking thrilled. He's like, All right, "We got now somebody in the backfield that they they can't have a light box now. Completely yeah. changed the game." And then Joseph Adai obviously came in after that. I mean, it was Dominic Rhodes. There was like then a stable of running backs that came in there. But Edge was unbelievable. And I, I didn't. He was before my time. Like I think literally maybe one year or two years because we played against the Arizona Cardinals in Indy. So obviously the video right. tribute for him there in the place Big where place yeah. where they loved Edron James in Indianapolis because he would only get interviewed I think by the local media because he was like not very he wasn't like a big and he would always crush like his interviews would always crush the the Jep- the Japanese pre, uh, preseason game is like his shining moment, basically, mm-hmm. that I've, as soon as I, I don't want to say shining moment because he's done so many great things in the community, especially back at home, by the way. He has an entire, like, a state property that he has in the summer. He runs entire camps for basically entire neighborhoods of people. Wow. I mean, like, Edrin is the absolute best, but he did not want to play because he is a businessman in a preseason game in Japan due to the taxes. And he was, that was a saga that was covered over here. He ended up going, but I think there was some, some agreements made on both parties side, both the Colts, the NFL and Edron James, (laughs) because he was, I think it was the year after he won some award or they won a Super Bowl. He was a big, like he was a big name. Edron James was a big deal going over there. So they were marketing that he was going. Yeah. Oh. And then I think like some math was done about the taxes and what was going to happen. And, and there was a lot of players that were like, we, hey, we ain't going though. Like, we appreciate it. But Edron James, absolute icon, dude. Troy Polamalu, that speech, man. Yeah, so good. You know, because whenever you hear how soft-spoken, because he was like super soft-spoken guy, but then articulate, and I guess he just got out of COVID or he was in COVID still. So who knows how tired or how focused he was being there. That's not an easy thing. You have six minutes to kind of go through your entire career, (laughs) thank people, but then also, you know, kind of let people know why you were the way you were to hopefully help others to potentially attain the same thing that you are at right now so it's it's not an easy speech to give there are not there are some people that go out there and aren't amazing there are some moments that are you know like all right pal, get let's get through this pal but then in everybody's story there's something beautiful that you could kind of take away from it and i think 
you know, that's a lot of speeches we listen to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of speeches that were out there. And I think there was a lot of people that were like, ah, oh, this is too long or whatever. The stadium the second night was just as filled as it was the first night. Mm-hmm. Football is king. And if you get a chance to listen to our football greats and take a, almost a trip back in time, that's what kind of what Hall of Fame weekend is. It's it's beautiful. I fucking loved it, man. I absolutely yeah. loved Hall of Fame Weekend. Well, and to your point, like being able to listen about how much football means to these guys and like what it did for their lives and how intelligent they are too. Because, like you said, I think that was probably the first time I ever heard Edron James like speak at all. So it's like, man, being uh, he able was to on act- the show one time. Thanks for listening. No, no, no I, I listened <laughs> to that, <laughs> but you know, like yeah. give a speech. Yeah, absolutely. not easy. You got a whole stadium, yeah. by the way, yeah. in front of you in six minutes too. Like these guys played football for damn near. 25 years of their life, and they got to some, basically chop it all down to six. It was just incredible, the whole thing. And But if you go too long, you jeopardize – literally, if, if guys go too long, they jeopardize the entire evening because once people check out, it's going to be hard to get them back in, especially yeah. there or whatever. But it's – there's so many – you know, because everybody talks about the uh, the team aspect. You hear them all say it. And Troy Palomalu told uh, Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor – uh, on the Face First podcast, he basically said to them he felt so much pressure because he felt as if he was the one who was supposed to represent that entire defense because of how good he was. He he felt like he did not deserve that honor to basically be the one that represents everybody. And I think a lot of these great players, everybody just assumes that their confidence is through the roof and they think just as highly as everybody else does about them. But at the end of the day, in a lot of team sports, a lot of guys very much know they rely upon the success of somebody else for them to be anything at all. So whenever that narrative kind of comes through and people's speeches, I enjoy it. Like, because there's a lot of trainers that were shout out this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Equipment managers, you know, they never get talked about all year unless it's from this show, probably, uh, or players that are, are older or going through something. A lot of trainers, a lot of equipment managers getting shout out, a lot of other people. It's just like, it's cool to kind of hear, you know, everybody's kind of appreciation for how everything operates as a whole. I just, I love the Hall of Fame weekend. Well, and I think it's more apparent too, like when there isn't one last year, I think that is kind of something that you probably take for granted, you know, like it's before the season now, but like we didn't get it last year and then you got it this year and I think to your point, like no speeches were really to the point where it's like, okay, this guy's been up here for 10 minutes too long. We need to get him out of here and get this thing moving. Like it seemed like everyone was kind of pretty concise and you're right like there was it wasn't filled with cliches you could look at each person's individual speech and find something different that they were trying to get across yeah and it's not easy there's been 300 and what speeches now 36 yeah. well that's what edge was I think right a couple so came however after. many were after him yeah. inmate 336 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome incredible incredible and then his family you know and his mom yeah. like i love <laughs> like her i enjoyed the the hell out of that um but the Deciding which way you're going to go with that speech mm. is a massive decision. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've, I've talked to Vinatieri before a few times, you know, about his Hall of Fame and how that whole thing is going to go. And he was there with Tom and Peyton last night. Actual incredible photo bomb. There's another photo, too, of Vinny walking the crowd, by the way, with a Coors Light in his hand. I'm like, fucking good for Vinny. <laughs> yeah. Vinny's Crushing just it. having the time of his life as he deserves. And I, I think he should get pretty comfortable with that entire you know, situation because he's going to be their first ballot Hall of Famer as a kicker is going to be fucking awesome to see. Yeah. I think that is going to happen as well. I mean, it's going to be tough because those votes are very difficult, but I think it's going to be very hard to look through the resume of that dude and not 
vote him as a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. But his angle of his speech, you know what I mean? He was mm. an Amsterdam admiral for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, there he is. Look at him. I mean, this is just, Vinatieri had to have an incredible weekend. He's he's one of the only players walking, right, that, oh, I'm, I'm going to be voted into here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And all the guys I played with are going to be voted into here. I'm going to be here probably for the next 50 years. Just this, Vinatieri's like, it's great to be home. Yeah. <laughs> has, and by the way, he's deserved and earned this entire thing. But him getting voted in there, he was an Amsterdam admiral, let alone him being a jackrabbit in South yeah. Dakota. And then he was an Amsterdam admiral. And then he's in New England with two different coaching regimes or three different coaching regimes because I think it was Bill, Pete, and then Bill again. Mm -hmm. So I think he's a bunch of regimes there. Then he comes to Indianapolis, bunch of turnover there. You're talking about playing forever. His decision on how he's going to finagle his six minutes is yeah. going to be very fascinating. Like, that is going to be – I enjoy that type of thing because at the end of the day, all you hear is the speech, but you don't think about the 60 other versions that were potentially, ah, or like, for instance, Isaac Bruce. I assume Ooh. the one thing he did have in there in every single copy, <laughs> yeah. this son of a bitch yeah. that called me two days before the draft. <laughs> I gotcha. Still alive. I'm going to quote Kumo D here. How you like me now, bitch, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what he said. Uh, Ari Mirov with the tweet updating the entire thing at my sports update. That was beautiful. But, like, how many different versions did Peyton have? Yeah. In Peyton's speech, I think we all kind of took away from it as – Hey, this guy's going to run football. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you run all of football, but I think he's going to run football. And, and everybody, everybody kind of just linked together like, oh, Peyton Manning is going to be the fucking commissioner of the NFL. Here we go. Roger Goodell's deal is up before the next CBA is to be negotiated because everybody said that last CBA, which is always ugly, publicly, disgustingly, it's big, it's bad for both sides publicly. The NFL seems to have a much better PR narrative on it than the players do, so they win over the public. Hey, if you win the mob, you win Rome, they say. The NFL always seems to win the mob in the CBA negotiations, but it still gets ugly for Roger Goodell because there's a lot of money being talked about in negotiating and everything like that. Being a commissioner... Is not easy at all. CBA negotiations are, when it gets it, it's worse. And allegedly, Roger Goodell will be done before the next one. So this is all like a victory lap almost for Roger Goodell. Kind of, a, you know, he's Eminem's a little bit starting uh. to do that. You know, like it's like, you know, I think Roger Goodell doesn't have to be the full-blown asshole all the time anymore because as a commissioner, you have to be, which, by the way, that is a difficult job. Yeah. You are going to make a decision against everybody's favorite team at some point that they are going to hate you for. That's just what your job is, basically. You're going to have to enact rules that you definitely didn't think of or think is the right move, but you have to because you work for 30 billionaires. So this is your, it's not an easy job. Roger Goodell has definitely made mistakes, but I think the game has gotten much better under his leadership. And I think right now he's currently in a victory lap because it was announced that he's not going to be around for the next CBA. So it's like, did Peyton last night at the Hall of Fame give a speech about how much he loves football, how it should be going forward, how it should be viewed, how you know he feels about it and everything like that. Did he just propel himself directly into the conversation of this guy should be the commissioner? And I'll say this. I bet he would get voted in by the NFL and its owners immediately yeah. to be the commissioner. I think he would do an incredible job at being able to talk to the owners because he's been now at every single phase of the league. I, I, well, I guess he doesn't have... I don't know, he's been doing these tours where he's like job shadowing and seeing things and yeah. doing things. He's like real quiet. He's able to do whatever he wants to do. If he's the commissioner, I think it's like a perfect hire. But do you want to get paid $40 million, okay, which is a lot of money, okay, $40 million a year is a lot of money. Peyton, 
has already made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And probably his money is probably making money for him at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So he's making a lot of money. I think he's doing, do you want to be the commissioner of the NFL? Is that what Peyton really wants? I'd want him to be one because I've seen the way he operates. I think, and also the owners would be able to respect and appreciate. And he'd also be able to give a different direction, hopefully with the NFL PA relationship. But do you think Peyton Manning, who has been pretty good at picking and choosing what he wants to do what he doesn't want to do and it seems like he crushes everything he does he doesn't have a lot of misses whenever Peyton steps into the batter's box for anything normally going to be a home run would you want to take the position where you are the shield basically for 30 billionaires and these decisions in the biggest league in the world is that something you want to do because you are going to be hated by people inevitably you are going to be hated by people is that I don't know it'd be great for the game it'd be great for the yeah. league but if you're Peyton man do you think Peyton really wants to do that I, I think that's what everybody has to have. not a chance I think at this point too like he could he could just kind of wait it out and then eventually he'd be like all right uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Sunday night football you'll pay me 25 million bucks a year and I'll do 20 I'll have 20 he, days he could do anything he wants Le- legit so it's like what I mean NFL commissioner like you got a lot on your plate if you're doing that thing. 40 million a year though and you I know, guess and at that point, his kids might be a little bit older where it's not like, you know, if they're out of the house, maybe he would want to do it. But I feel like... And you have actual say in the future of the game. True. Like he, you know, he talked about coaching his son uh, football team or whatever. Yeah. And my sources have told me that they actually did have a play sheet on a wristband. <laughs> I don't doubt it. So they were good. My sources told me that they were potentially Omaha, Omaha. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah, and they were dominant, by the way, from what I've been told. Never would have guessed that Peyton Manning led. <laughs> yeah. Marshall's reading defenses and shit? I don't know. I don't know if they're reading defenses or not, but I assume he could. Yeah, probably. Marshall, have you seen him, by the way, going around? His son shakes everybody's hand so firmly and perfectly and then just goes around and has the utmost amount of respect for everything he is probably going to be just like arch i assume look for him to do that but peyton talks about giving back to the game while coaching and everything if you're the commissioner of a league you have the chance to really give back to the game a lot there and make a lot of say and i don't think there's a single player that has ever met peyton that would say no he's not the right guy to do it and i don't think there's a single owner out there that would say no he's not the right guy to do it i think it would be a home run for everybody but inevitably if you're peyton manning you're gonna have to deal with some bullshit which it doesn't seem like there's much of that in his life right now anywhere. What's going on? Well, and when you like when he talked about Monday Night Football, like the big sell for him was that he could just stay home, hang out on the couch, and then just talk to Eli basically through a FaceTime. So to your point, the commissioner, I mean, that is a massive job. He'd be doing so much shit. Do you mo- see it as soon as 2024? Because that's when Roger Goodell's contract ends. Yeah, and who knows if he'll extend another year if they can't find the proper... You know, the, the, the transition in one of these roles is... I mean, that's a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is a big, big deal. Who's, is it somebody from within? Is it somebody that they've groomed like Roger Goodell was? I was going to say, uh-huh. I think it has to be like that, right? But I don't know. Roger's been an intern since 1997. Though. Goodell? Yeah. Yeah, he was like running mail, I think. Like, yeah. Goodell has literally been in the NFL office corporate world forever. And then it was just like, okay, we also have the perfect guy to be the commissioner here that has been here, knows everything about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Like everything about everything knows where we can, knows what we can't, knows, oh, we've, oh, we shouldn't. Now, Roger Goodell, and I alluded to this earlier, he is definitely fucked up. Like, let's not, let's not get it twisted. There has been terrible decisions made that probably are Roger Goodell's decisions to be made. But then there's a lot of decisions that never get talked about, it seems like, because 
it's like anything else. Once you hate somebody, it's, it's going to be very difficult to give them credit for anything. What Roger Goodell has done with the NFL since he was commissioner to now, in 2024, if that's whenever he's up, think about the growth business-wise. Think about the reach. Think about the game as a whole. They had to battle, too. There was a lot of lawsuits. There was a whole new science. Uh, there was a whole new disease and ailment in the brain that came up that was literally created. Somehow got through all of that. Now, once again... There's a lot of fucking up through there. There's a lot of probable bad decisions that were made in there. But still to continue to grow the game, like I think in, when it's all said and done, Roger Goodell goes into the Hall of Fame, obviously, and everybody will look back on a much more positive light of his entire career as opposed to what it is now when we're in the middle of it because he's fucking over my favorite team or your favorite team or their favorite team or whoever's favorite team. But whoever gets in there next, that's a big... How's your relationship going to be with the NFLPA? How's your relationship going to be with the media? Do you have a different vision for the media as opposed to the old school cable things? Do you have a digital streaming thing? How are you going to present things to the owners? How do you pitch things from the owners? How do you get information from the owners and then let people know what that information is? What's your angle going to be? Are you going to give more than Roger Goodell gave? Are you going to be your own person? Are you going to try to mimic Roger Goodell? There is a lot on the plate because if you fuck it up don't worry about it they just signed a 113 billion dollar deal there's probably only a trillion dollars yeah. worth of capital that's going to come in in the next 20 to 30 years you're in charge of it good luck don't fuck it up that position is a going to be a very very difficult one to fill and if it's peyton manning that would be wild if we had a former player in there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that makes sense uh, if Goodell would be just taking like a victory lap right now because like that is his capstone. It's like cherry on top. It's like I just signed a hundred and thirteen billion dollar media deal. Like that, it, we can opt out. Yeah, of and make exactly. Oh, that guess what? This thing is just gonna keep going. So fuck it. I'm gonna do whatever I want until. And at this point, you know, I mean, with how much he's made and like. Why wouldn't he just want to have an early retirement when he's done? Like, would you Would you want, if you're Goodell, it's like, Oh, dude, he, he's going to be the Goodell pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, can we talk about something that they fucked up this weekend? Uh-huh. Please. Excuse me. Celsius. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back, by the way, Celsius. Good to see you. Ty drank his Celsius this morning, 8 a.m. Jeez, Ty. Ty, and now he's now it's he's like under- 9.30. Whatever the case, so why are we even caring about our energy levels at 9.30 a.m.? Just dozy do your snooze your life right till about 11.30, then start pounding. You you start at not you crack that thing open at 9.30, you're looking at a three to four Celsius day. Ooh. Can't have no, that. can't have it. Can't, can't have, have it. that. Well, well, and that's why I went to this uh, this other, you know, energy drink that, you know, we'll see what it does to me. I, Mitt had one. He said it kind of took him off the rails a little bit, so... I mean, we'll see. It doesn't taste great, but it's it's doing the job. Okay, well, uh, doing the job is something it looked like a lot of these Hall of Famers were doing because that T-shirt commercial. Mm. Oh, that, can we? That was the only, my my only. Hey, we need to stop running this. I got Peyton Manning going. Hey, so nice, do it twice. <laughs> With a T-shirt shot in like 1080p or something yeah. like that. It was a come on. These guys are getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. Don't have them do this. Unless they're making billions of dollars off of these shirts. I'm not 100% sure if they are or not. But I, in my eyes, I was like, that seems to be something that should be an email blast or like maybe a social thing. Yeah. yeah I don't know if we need to put that on TV in between these things. I think it's a little bit of a differing. You know, well, that's what I was wondering. Who's buying this shirt? Well, and why are you got Peyton Manning? You're gonna have him hold that thing up and say that you, if we're gonna try to move some merch, let's fucking have Peyton do something. Yeah, right? yeah. like have him huck a football. It's all right. Hall of Fame's the best. Yeah, 
David Baker did invite me to sleep at his house. Yeah? Are you going to take him up on that? Well, yeah, I think it was for this past weekend. Oh, I thought it was uh-huh. any time. No, well, is it any time? I thought he made it seem like, hey, you can come whenever you want. Well, the only time you want to go, though, probably the best time to go, at least, would be this past weekend, right? Yeah, probably maybe before, like, a bronze game or something. Yeah. Oh, 45 miles away. Is that how long, how far Canton is from Cleveland? Because Chris Berman said... Uh, that's uh, the amount of miles that Peyton Manning threw for in the NFL. You can get from here to Cleveland, he said. Wow. Pretty good. A lot of yards. Nobody gave him a pop. I think that's why he followed up with, like, he could drive to Cleveland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris Berman, by the way, not an easy job. Mm-mm. Master of ceremonies. Because normally whenever he's going up there, the Hall of Famers have about had it, and they're already mingling in front of the, the whole podium. And then you have to kind of, like, corral everybody and then do a good job introing. I, I think he did a good job. What is it? Master of Ceremonies? Yep. Yeah. That's a good title, too. I'm Master of Ceremonies at fucking Hall of Fame. That'd be a nice one. He did well, though. I like Boom. Right. A lot of people don't, though, huh? Yeah, I, I think not. at this point. But, I mean, he's the best. Also, you know, this is a perfect event for him because a lot of people don't realize Chris Berman is like 6'9 and weighs like 350. He's a massive human being. David Baker? I didn't know. He's, he's up all, there. He's not quite David Baker-esque, but Chris Berman looks like he played left tackle in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Huge. Did he? Huge. He might have. What was he? He was like the first employee at ESPN or something like One that? One of the first ones, I think, yeah. He crushed it. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. I get it. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When, you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. That's true. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the the Home Run Derby. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. (laughs) Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the medication. Yeah, free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. And joining us now, Via FaceTime, he's a guy who just got a massive bag fresh out the Brinch truck, well-earned and deserved. Ladies and gentlemen, the maniac, pro bowler, all pro, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, Darius Leonard. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, what's up? Hey, 
Congratulations, man. Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Obviously, you probably knew that this was going to happen, or was there any moments you were a little bit worried that a long-term deal wasn't going to get done before the season started? I'm not. I mean, I, I think, no. Um, we, we started talking um, early this year. Um, everything been going pretty smooth, so I kind of I knew that we were going to get it done before before the first game, so I was just, I was just waiting for that moment. Chris Ballard has been very steadfast on saying, I want to build our culture around taking care of our people. Everybody saw the massive amount of money he had to spend on free agency, and he said he's got to take care of our guys first before anything. What's that relationship like with Chris Ballard now knowing that he isn't just talk? Because a lot of people say that Chris Ballard seems to be putting that into action, especially with your deal, Braden's deal, and I assume the next couple that are coming. Um, you know, just goes to show that, you know, he believe in, you know, his guys, you know, no matter what. If, you know, if he drafted his guys, you know, they we put in the work and, you know, he say that he, he pay he paid his guys and that's I mean that's what he that's what he's doing. And you gotta you gotta you gotta just, you know, be thankful to have a GM who really cares about, you know, the player, cares about the locker room and, you know, want to see them for their next contract and wanna want them to play for them the rest of their career. Another guy I feel like that uh people have a ton of respect for in that building is obviously the owner, Jim Ursay. Like, was he heavily involved in the negotiations with your agent or how, like what, what kind of relationship do you have with him? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure who was all in the negotiation process. You know, I left that up, you know, with my agents, just letting them do all the talking and, you know, I kind of stayed out of the way. And uh, Mr. Ursay, you know, we, we have, we have a good relationship. Um, you know, like some games where he come up to me or he'll call me, Hey, we need we need this one. We can't let this one slip away. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, we 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 talk we I mean, we talk. You know, he just you know he he's so prideful. You know, he, he's he's a, such a competitor. You know, he want to win at everything. Want to win by any means necessary. So you know, he just, he just shows that in every every speech. You know, every every time we talk to the team. There's some injuries happening over there. Now, your team, the core, is so good. You guys have grown. You started out good. You've grown into becoming great. Last year, you get into the playoffs, obviously bounced out. But it feels like the core of that team is growing older and older. And it's almost like time to really burst out and have a big-time play. A lot of stumbling here early. You were in there. Uh, Carson, obviously. Quentin. Something's being said about uh, DeForest Buckner. Is everything going to be all right? How's the mindset? How's the attitude? Is this early on? We can still bounce back. What are we still winning a Super Bowl? Because I put big money on this. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I think I think we'll be fine. You know, they say um, every time you want to strive for greatness, you know, they say you got to go through a little bit of adversity, and you know, it's still early. You know, the season hasn't even started yet. We got what a month before the first game. You know, so now everybody, you know, can get you know get their bodies healthy, get right. And then, you know, I mean, it's camp. You know, you got to think about that, too. You know, we, we haven't been playing or practicing football since, you know, maybe January, you know, out there physically out there. So, you know, your body's not used to it. So, you know, you, you're used to seeing, you know, guys getting banged up a little bit in camp. So, luckily, you know, you're getting the injuries early. Hopefully, you know, they can maintain and get right. And, you know, we, we got we to we gotta go that we want to reach. You know, we want to we hold that Lombardi trophy up at the end of this, end of this season. And I think that we got the team for it. I think I read somewhere that you're uh, buying a bunch of land down in South Carolina, taking care of your money. Is that the first move? What was the? Yeah. Did you get yourself a watch or anything kind of smaller that you can see immediately, or are you kind of holding off on all that with this big ass bag you just got? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, my, my first, my first purchase probably just gonna be you know the land, you know, just get my house and everything situated. Uh, that's that's about it, man. Just taking take care of the family. 
Um, I got a, a couple of community service events that I, I'm going to put on. So, you know, just trying to, you know, save my money, do, do it the right way. Uh, like, as of right now, what I just ate for lunch is a Lunchable. <laughs> <laughs> Never change, dude. That's amazing. Do you ever look in the mirror and think to yourself, from that tiny town in South Carolina, which I got a chance to watch and follow along via your social media, hey, these dudes are rolling around in ATVs up to the goddamn gas station. Uh-huh. Hey, we're, we're talking like out, out there, like country boy, country boy out there. Now you just got $52 million guaranteed in the NFL. Hey, there was an Isaac Bruce speech, obviously, where he said somebody called him or texted him a couple days before the NFL draft when he was coming out and said the NFL ain't interested. Now he said he actually gave a flex and said, you're still alive. I prayed for you to be alive to say, uh, how do you like me now or whatever? I assume you had a lot of that. And whenever this contract gets signed, was there any of those moments where it was like, you know what, went through a lot of shit here, but I'm able to take care of everybody because of my passion. Did you have that moment yet? Will you have that moment or anything like that? Um, yeah, you know, you think about it, you know, like you said, I went, come from Lakeview, you know, I graduated with uh, 60, I think maybe 63 uh, students. Um, I think four of my classmates are passed away. Um, my brother passed away. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, you know, there's industries, uh, didn't go to college, stuff like that. And for me to be one of the ones, you know, to make it out and, you know, I'll live, live my dream. You know, I'm just thankful for that. And, you know, when you think about, you know, all the negative comments with uh, Bleacher Report, you know, being the worst draft pick there and, you know, all the matting ratings or, the you know, the Pro Bowl snub rookie season uh, still, you know, don't be considered as one of the best linebackers in the league. Um, you know, so when this happened, you know, it's just like, okay, I got to continue to prove them on because, I mean, I know Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, and everybody at the coach organization believe in me. You know, they believe in me since day one. So now it's like, okay. I got to continue to show that, you know, I am who I am and letting people just continue to just doubt me and just let it just be more fuel to the fire and keep that chip on my shoulder. They're paying you allegedly for what you're going to do because that's when you're going to receive the the money or whatever. But everything you have done has been magic to watch, man. You are you're a hell of a player. You fucking fly around. <laughs> the, energy <laughs> level, the energy level is just insane. It's absurd. I can't wait to watch and see what you continue to do. Go ahead, Ty. Darius, you just alluded to it a little bit right there. Uh, and I like when we've had you on the show in the past, like you've talked about how, you know, you put chips on your shoulders. Do you ultimately do you give a shit about like the Madden stuff? Because I feel like a lot of that has come out more and more. And it's like you see it, you know yourself like, OK, that's bullshit. You know, I'm incredibly underrated. Like, is that something you ask you actually care about or not really? I mean, yes. I mean, I do just because I'm a competitor. You know, you want to be the best at everything. And. You know, I, I don't even play video games, but just for the ratings and everything, <laughs> you know, it, it makes you mad because you, you know what you put on the field and you know that, that you're, for one, how I don't even have a, a super, what is it, the S factor? And I, I think I can change the game a lot, you know, you know I don't understand that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just stuff like that. It, it, it just piss you off when you, when you see people who don't even do what you do or S factors or in the 90s or something like that. It makes you mad, but, you know, I just, you know, it, it is what it is. That's why I, would, I mean, I would never buy Madden, so, hey, it's cool. <laughs> I love that you're in a boycott situation. I respect that because Madden is one of the only times where a number is actually given 
to each and every single player. So the layman who might not know the Colts that well is going to go off of what Madden thinks or what Madden says. So somebody who doesn't know the maniac or has ever seen Darius Leonard play football, their only knowledge of him is what a Madden ratings adjuster gives him. So Darius Leonard saying, I think that is bullshit. It is not petty. It is actually him saying, this is bullshit because you're giving out. Like, for instance, I never played video games, but my brother and all his friends played. So whenever I got into a video game, just like you, I've never played, they'd be like, Pat, man, God, you're fucking. They got you slower than Janikowski. Like, you know, like that type of stuff. I'm like, who does? They're like, a Madden. So I actually told the Madden person to go fuck themselves. I assume you potentially have done nearly the same. It's only Madden. It's crazy. That's a a true story. Because after, I think it was after my rookie season, and, you know, I think I I I was like an 85 after my, no, 84 in my rookie season. And it was so many other linebackers who I outplayed. So then my uh, my agent was like, "Hey, I got the guy numbers. You want to talk to him?" I said, "Of course." <laughs> so, hey, I called him and I asked him. I asked him, you know, what was the difference? Um, you know, how this guy's higher than me, stuff like that. But they could they could never give me an explanation. And then they always say, you know, uh, they're trying to say, you know, you're you ran a four seven. I said, "Hold on, cause I you know I got hurt when I ran my forty." You know? <laughs> I said, I, I think I'm pretty fast. I, I'll be going sideline to sideline. Then I asked them, then I say something about being in coverage. So then I told them to, you know, to find find some film where I'm man to man on the tight end and running back where I get scored on. And they couldn't do that. So I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's, you know, more propaganda because, uh, you know, with the media, you know, a lot of people would just say some things in the media and then people would just go run with it just because they saw it. So I think that's what it is. Well, hey, listen, you got the bag now, so. <laughs> Madden rating don't mean a goddamn thing. I mean, at all. You deserve it, though. Um, this, let's get back on track talking about this team that you are a part of building the incredible culture that it currently has. Quentin Nelson obviously going to be out for a bit. Carson going to be out for a bit. That defense, though, I assume you guys don't really care about the offensive side because the big question going into the season was, who the hell is going to be the quarterback? Phillip Rivers is now coaching in high school. Carson Wentz comes in. Is he broke or not? What is your entire philosophy, and what's the defense? Uh, mindset when everybody worries about who's going to be the quarterback, who's going to be quarterback, because defense is what top three in the league. Any given, I mean, me personally, man, just been on the defense side of the ball, and you know, you you watch the last couple of Super Bowls, you know, you always think about you know defense winning championships, um, and you know, in my mind, you know, we got to step up defensively, we got to be more consistent, we got to make sure that we shut teams down, and that's what you know we got the guys in the room to do that, so. We got to go out there and perform. And then, you know, you think about, you know, the offense side of the ball. It is, okay, how many times can we go three and out to give the offense more opportunities to score? So that's the mindset that we have. And, I mean, we, we believe in anybody who's who's back there, you know, throwing a rock, handing it off or whatever. Because, I mean, like you, we got the best offensive line. We got the best backfield. And we got the great skill guys on the outside. So we got all the tools there. And uh, I mean, we, so if, when Carson comes back, I think that, you know, he's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think that we're this coach organization, this coach team is going to definitely surprise some people. Hey, Pat mentioned uh, DeForest Buckner earlier, and I'm just, what, what's it like to have that guy? Like when you plugged him into your defense in the middle of that D line, how much help was he, and how fun is it to watch how disruptive he is? Hey, man, that's a, hey, it's amazing. It's a, <laughs> hey, it's a sight to see. Hey, I love it. You know, there's there's no there's no such thing as a single block. Then they jump up to the linebackers quick. No, sir, you better see nine nine first. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he's he's just a monster, you know. He, he's huge. He's I mean, but he's quiet. That's the crazy part, you know. He's he's very polite, you know. He don't really say too much, but when he's on the field, you know, he's just a complete competitor. And 
You know, like I, you remember that Viking play, man. He threw that offensive lineman down, like you know his family wasn't in the stands, or you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. Then in practice, you see him like this whole, well, you know me, I've been I've been out, so you know I'm just standing around watching, and just seeing how he's in the backfield almost every play. You know, it's it's just phenomenal to watch, and I'm glad that you know Chris Ballard and you know everybody got him here because when I mean once he came here, you know the defense, you know. We got better in the run, in the run, uh, the run fits, and we got better um, in the passing game too because of his pass rush up front. That defense has been awesome to watch and grow. Obviously, you lose edge rusher with Houston going on. You bring in Quiddy Pay. Uh, what are your thoughts on him as a human? How's he fit into the culture? Because I remember we had you on, I think it was during free agency time, and there were some big names out there, and I think your exact words were, if they come to Indianapolis, they better be ready to fucking work, basically, is what you said. Like, you come here, you better be ready to work. That's what we do. How has Quiddy kind of uh, fit in with the group, and what are your thoughts on some of the young guys? Oh man, you know, Quiddy, man, he's he don't say a word. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like I probably I probably heard maybe heard him say maybe four or five words. And you know that that's it. But you know, the one thing about Quiddy, you know, he's getting better each day and you know, he's you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do and he's making plays. That's the that's the good thing about it. And you know, when you outside looking in, especially for a linebacker, you know, you see both of your starting defensive end with Danico Autry and Justin Houston leaving. You go, okay, now in your mind, okay, who's going to be the defense at the end? And now with uh, Quiddy coming in and he's practicing the way he's practicing, you know, I just hope it can translate to the to the field because, I mean, he's been having a great camp so far. Um, and like you said, other other um, young cats, you know, they're, they're coming in, they're doing a good job as well. When are you getting back out? Nah, you don't have to. Yeah, you'll get yourself in some shit. <laughs> are you close? Are you all right? You're going to be back? No, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Hopefully, hopefully this week. Hopefully, you know, I'll put it back on the cleats and they help me this week. Okay, awesome. Here we go. Thank you for not getting yourself in shit either because you coming on the show is good for us. We really appreciate you joining us right now, by the way. Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Darius, you're a massive advocate for mental health and everything that happened a couple weeks ago with Simone Biles kind of brought that conversation back up. Has that ever happened to you where you kind of almost doubt yourself and your just natural ability and then you, it kind of affects you on the field? Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, it got to a point where it doubted my athletic ability. Um, no, because when... When I play football, that is my safe haven. That is my place for, you know, the world stops. I don't think about any of my problems. So there, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't have that had well, I never had that problem for me, but with the mental health, you know, you never know. Well, I mean hit people a whole lot different and you know, it, it can take a toll on your body. So whenever, you know, your your body telling you that you or your mind is telling you, you know, you, you gotta stop and, you know, get your mind situated, you, you gotta listen to it. Because if not, you're going to drive yourself insane and you're going to drive yourself crazy. And, you know, she was in the Olympics. And for her to say that, you know, that's something something really is going going wrong. And people got to understand that, you know, we're, we are athletes, but we're human before anything. You know, we, we have the same problems that a lot of people are going through. And a lot of people don't really realize that. Like when I remember the, uh, the Kyrie situation, when Kyrie said, I'm taking a step away from basketball to uh, focus on my mental. And he got so much crap because of that. But people got to understand if you if your mind is gone, everything else is gone. Because once you lose your mind, it's, it's over with. People got to understand you only got one mind and you got to take care of it. The kick in the stigma foundation or a program, basically, that mm -hmm. you, Mr. Ursay, and the others that the Colts are running uh, about mental health is just phenomenal. Basically, everything you have done as an Indianapolis Colt has been phenomenal. It's been awesome to watch, man. What do you got the rest of the day? Oh man, I had a I had a long night last night, you know, <laughs> celebrating with the people. So, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I got say, I got my I got my Pedialyte here. So you know, Lunchable. I'm getting a massage. I got a massage at two o'clock, and then after that, I'm just gonna sit down, relax, and hopefully take a nap. All right. Well, enjoy yourself. Can't wait to see you back. Thank you for your time. Congrats on the bag, ladies and gentlemen. Fifty-two million. <laughs> hey, congrats to your agent too. I saw him flexing a little bit because people were talking shit about him being a mixed martial arts guy or something like that. Getting oh that yeah, man. You know, man. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't believe that. You know, he he has the brain to do what he does for the NFL side. You know, because I mean, yes, he got a lot of MMA guys. So it, it was great to get that deal done for for him too, man. Because now you know. You can make now he can really tell people to shut the hell up and let me do my job. So I, I love it. I love it. Congrats to him as well, Andy, you ladies and gentlemen, the maniac Darius Learn. Joining us via FaceTime in a parking lot. I don't know if he's still in Ohio or not. Currently on his training camp tour for like the 30th year in a row. The insider of all insiders. Hashtag J New, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Glaze. Got a lot of fans out here. <laughs> Are you in Ohio? I have no idea where the fuck I am right now. <laughs> are you in Ohio right now still? Where are you driving around at? I'm in Ohio. Yeah, I'm going to Cleveland. Okay. And then tomorrow I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. What? And I'm not really sure from there. Okay. Well, the training camp tour rolls on. You're at Hall of Fame weekend, obviously, in Canton. A lot of your friends uh, yep. going in and getting to hang out. How was the weekend as a whole? And congrats to you on getting the nod to be, I believe, the mental health advisor for the Hall of Fame? or On the board, yeah. Congratulations, yep. Jay. Oh, Jay. That's huge, Jay. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah, go no, ahead. That, that, that's the biggest thing. Well, look, the biggest thing that happened for us this weekend was Jimmy Johnson getting in. I mean, if you guys saw that, like, man, that whole, you guys didn't even know that whole night, but you guys saw when Jimmy cried on, you know, TV when he got the Hall of Fame. Well, you didn't see, and I know Fox put it out somewhere, is afterwards, the after party. We all go to, it was like it was like the hangover. We go to a place called Dan Tana's in, uh, in LA, which is like a famous, world famous Italian restaurant there, old school. We go in there, man, Jimmy's thing happens to be playing. We walk in. He's crying up on TV. Well, the whole place starts throwing napkins up in the air. I get up on the back of the seat. I'm singing, happy Hall of Fame. Coach Johnson. <laughs> this dude from ZZ Top walks over. He sits down. He starts playing with us. I mean, it was unbelievable. And it just went on and on and on. And, man, it was just cool. I, You know, there's something about Jimmy where, like, at least for me, like, he's our coach. You just want his validation. I'm sure you guys... I've had coaches like that, right? Where, man, you just you just want to get their validation. That's what makes him a great coach. And to see him that emotional up there was was badass. And then, um, you know, two of my best friends and John Lynch and Steve Hutchinson got in. But I'm a little pissed off at Lynch right now. To be honest with you. Why? Pissed. What happened? Are you guys good friends? I saw pictures from way back in the day of you two together. Yeah. Well, this guy went Sammy the Bull on me. Like he. I may or may not have spilled red wine all over his gold jacket <laughs> at Hutch's party, okay? A crime has not yet been fully uh, solved because immediately when it happened, Rondé Barber said, oh my God, was that me or you? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. And except Lynch did a story and he's like, yeah, my knucklehead buddy spilled red wine all over my jacket. So it's like he drove the white Bronco right to the police station. <laughs> like, Lynch, don't fucking put my name out there. He went, Sammy the Bull. <laughs> and... Uh, so it was his first day having the jacket and we were like getting a picture and 
I spilled wine, but he was holding the jack in his arm. And he's like, Glaze, I got red wine all over me. And I'm like, who gives a fuck? It's on your shirt. <laughs> Not knowing it's all over the red, the gold jacket. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and the good yeah. news, the good news about red wine, very easy to yeah. get out. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that's David Baker probably oh, yeah. looked at that thing, was so mad. Um, and before we move along with the weekend, we should talk about the, the mental health yep. board. I mean, this is huge, Jay. This is yeah. a massive ordeal. Congratulations. You're part you, of the Hall of Fame now, and it's very important as well. What will you be doing with that, and what does the job title say? Yeah, I'm on our board for, for mental health, and they're going to partner with MVP also. So where they're really helping us is they're going to give us benefits to our combat vets to help them out as well. But the same thing, they're going to have us help them. And look, um, I just had like our first meeting the other day and I walk in there and it's funny because everybody in there are clinicians and then me. So I'm like, you got to have, you know, a crazy person who knows how to talk about crazy. And that's, <laughs> that's really why I'm there. But the, the coolest thing for me is this weekend, uh, running into players who I've known for a long time and then now knowing what I'm doing and turned around to me saying, hey, Glaze, I saw what you're doing. Um, nobody knows this, but I had a gun to my head two months ago. Oh, I need your help. Yeah. You know, and these guys I'm friends with. Or I had another guy I was talking to. I said, hey, how are you doing in retirement? He said, great, man. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I said, great. That's what I want to hear. Because all these players, right, you, you have spilt the blood. Right. And you earn the right to go enjoy it and find the right business for you. Too many guys, they want to find that team because when you don't have the team, life is scary. So they try and find the wrong team, just any team. Right. So I said, I'd love to hear that you're just enjoying it. And he said to me, OK, can I be real with you? I'm not. I'm just saying this to people. He goes, I don't know how to handle retirement. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I don't know how to deal with it. And I said, look, man, it's you know, I understand you because in order to like both you guys, to be on this level that you play in the NFL, you guys got to be crazy going in. You cannot be on this level and not be crazy. Concur. You cannot be great and not be crazy. You also need a little level of darkness to push you past everybody else that you beat now. Well, all of a sudden you lose that team in uniform. That darkness doesn't fucking go away. It just it doesn't just disappear. And all of a sudden we're supposed to put it in a box over here and just fit in with society. And that's, man, that's scary. So I, at least... You have somebody myself who I, I could tell you I understand you. You're not alone. I get it, and I could help walk you through it. And, and Quink, hey, guys, the other issue for you, I was like, look, I'm 51, right? And I still spar every week. I have my fight team. I'll never not. Couture is 57, my training partner. Mark Kerr is 51. Chuck Liddell's 51. Our asses are old. We'll never not do it because we need that for, you know, to help the roommates in our head talk nicely to each other. But you guys... When football ends, it's not like you're going to have a, you know, train in the park together. It's done. And I can't picture how fucking painful that has to be for both you guys to do something your entire life. And all of a sudden, zip, we're done. I couldn't fucking handle it. And that's why to this day, with all my injuries, I'm still fucking sparring. I'll, I'll never not. I need that team. So I'm here to help these guys understand, man. I fucking get them. I get their darkness. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. That darkness allows you to be great on a certain level. But now you got to use that fucked upness to empower you in your next step in life. That's awesome, Jay. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, darkness, I was thinking of head coaches in the NFL. If you can get them to start opening up about mental mental health issues, I think that'll be a giant step because yeah. players probably feel the stigma and they don't want to be judged by the coaches. But going back yeah. to the head coaches, you I mean, you have such a good relationship with so many head coaches in the NFL. The access that you get, 
I'm just, what's it like? Or are there any coaches that you just haven't opened up yet to you that you keep trying and they're not, they just, they're guarded or they don't let you in? Because I feel like anywhere I've ever been, you're riding the head coaches, you're sitting yeah. shotgun riding to practice. <laughs> I got my own set of rules a lot of times there. No, I'm, I'm usually, you know, it's pretty good wherever I go, kind of get my own set of rules just because I, I did, I, I kind of established that early on. And again, I haven't been like your normal insider. I've trained six of these teams in MMA. Um, you know, I've helped a lot of these guys move up the ranks and help them get their head coaching jobs or coordinator job or link people together. So, no, I, for the most part, I have my own a pretty funny set of rules when I go around. Um, and it's funny, too, now when I go around a training camp, because I usually go out with the head coach pretty late. So assistants will call and go, hey, when are you coming to town? I say, well, I, you know, I'm coming in next Tuesday. Can you come this Thursday? Why? We really need a night off. <laughs> we know if you come to town, you and the head coach are going to be out all night. And he always cancels practice the next day because you guys are just too <laughs> fucked up. So, <laughs> so it happens like clockwork to a bunch of different places, which is, I don't know. I don't know how you really describe that part. But, yeah, it's like it, a reunion every time I go somewhere. So it's good. But but he, it, there's a respect. There's, there's no coach who – will block me out or shut me out or anything like that. Look, I had the, I had both Spygate videos with the Patriots. And if I want to talk Bill Belichick, we'd be great. No problem. <laughs> hey, so you, uh, you mentioned uh, helping helping coaches get head coaching positions. Can you explain how that works? I'm sure there's many different ways that you can help guys. Man, so when guys are – I've been doing it for a long time where uh, – and, and guys I believe in, not just so I am a source of somebody or something like that, but guys who deserve that shot. There's man. There used to be. Um, there used to be. There's one guy who's a very successful head coach right now. I'm not going to say it, but um, I called another team and I said, "Hey, do me a favor. Bring this guy in for a head coaching interview, just to get the words head coach next to his name, so somebody else would want to dance with their prom date." And they're like, uh, we, "We don't want him. Uh, we're not looking for a defensive coach." I'm like, "I don't care. I just need him out there. Put him up there, and then <clears throat> afterwards, you know, say it's a great interview. I just need to get you know that attention." And uh, they're like, yeah, we'll go do that. This guy kills the interview. And they call me back and they say, best interview we ever had. I said, okay, great. Any change your hiring? No, we're going to go an offensive coach. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. But he ends up getting hired as a result of that by another team. Um, but also like a GM will call and say, hey, you know my personality. Which one of these guys will fit best with me? You know our locker room. Who will I want to go to work with every day? Who will drive me crazy? Who, you know? So, so there's a lot of that too because I do know them also well i'm a i just try and be a connector well that's an incredible networker is the best person to be in any business let alone the nfl and i you and i hadn't met yet i don't think uh but i knew some people that you knew and uh, you called me about one of my old teammates or one of my friends who was working with you facetime me and i had just gotten literally i was still playing in the league i had literally just put a two to three foot water pipe down sure. okay and when this person called me was an old friend of mine i answer it and uh you were with them and you go hey what's up and i'm like hey hey how's it going fucking jay glazer okay here we go i did not know this was happening and you asked me about a teammate of mine and you said hey what type of human is he you like asked me that type of thing very quickly what type of human is he and i i gave you a thing and you're like thank you so much and then literally the next day a team signed that guy right <laughs> mm -hmm. so i i in my head i was like 
Hey, Jay Glazer literally just got this guy signed. And it, 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 there, it, that's the hashtag Jay New thing. You yeah, know what uh -huh. I mean? Like that's, yeah. the, that's the hashtag Jay New. It was a very cool thing to kind of see how the network yeah. and the connector were, worked. And I was at a different planet, too. So I thought, like, the day he got signed, I was like, man, what if I was just, what if I was like, oh, yeah, okay, guy, dude, whatever. And then <laughs> he that, went that, to the side. Yeah, when he got signed, I was he like, oh, my God. No, that's it. I need the truth on guys. And, like, I, you know, I know a lot of them. I'm around them, but I want as much information as I can. So if somebody's asked me about him, because again, most of the time the team will call go, tell me about this guy. How will he fit with our, our, our culture? How's our head coach going to get along with him? Will our coach be able to, you know, our head coach better than anything else. Will our coach figure out how to use him? And half the time I'll say, yes, half the time I'll say, you know, I'll tell him no. And I just think it's a good resource. Because I am objective as shit with it. Like, I don't give a fuck one way or the other. Yeah, you've been around forever in this game. You're at the top of it, obviously, with Fox NFL Sunday. Can we ask you about insider information, even though you don't do it day to day? Okay, so there's a couple things popping off. Let's start with uh, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. He obviously comes back after that terrible injury. First night, he comes via satellite uh, to the Hall of Fame game with jo Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the entire Fox crew that absolutely crushed it. He clapped hard. He clapped very hard. Is his shoulder, is that thing banged up? Is it so more? Here, yeah, go ahead. Here's where it is. It's here. It's here. It's a It's a very odd injury. So it's not here. It's here. It's mm -hmm. kind of like where the lat comes under the armpit. So I said it on our pregame show. If you fucking tune in our pregame show, you would have heard this. I, I uh, heard it. So, <laughs> so it's kind of a weird injury. And it's an injury that normally happens with baseball pitchers. So... The Cowboys training staff last week called the Texas Rangers training staff just to get some information on, hey, how do we handle this? Because Dak is like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And the Texas Rangers are like, listen, if you let them go too early, it'll turn into something real serious. You can't let them go too early. So they have experience with it. So they're the ones helping the Cowboys really understand and manage it of, can you go out there and throw? Yeah, but you really want this thing completely healed because then it could set them back. And Dak is like... Dak is the ultimate workout warrior. Like he will, he will power through anything. So it's yeah, it's it goes against his way of thinking. You don't want him powering through this thing. Okay, I've actually seen Dak on the same field as somebody else that is a quarterback in the NFL giving a speech saying, "Ain't none of these other quarterbacks working as hard as fucking me." And that was Jameis Winston. And he said that at Dak Prescott's camp, I think, literally after Dak came back from the like most gruesome injury we've seen in some time. Uh, let's train Jameis this offseason. Hey, and yeah. hey, we try to break him. Hence, you know, our gym's unbreakable. Could not fucking break him. I couldn't believe it. Like. He he was so. It was not it was not expecting what, like what he went through. We put him through a lot of stuff, and also like a lot of stuff when he's thrown, we'll put, um, we'll put resistance bands around his waist, and start tugging at him from different directions as if defensive linemen are tugging at him. He still has to have nice and compact and be able to throw and work on his footwork doing that stuff. We put him through a lot of chaos, and there was nothing we could do to break him. And trust me, we. Like, if he shows, like, he's good, we'll keep ramping it up. And we probably we probably jumped a month ahead with him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We, didn't, we would normally take him here, 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 because our shit is hard, and we don't want to break people's confidence. And, you know, fight game's demoralizing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right? So we don't want them walking out like, wow, we're a bunch of fucking wusses. This sucks. I'm done. So we have to bring him up slow. 
but he was, uh, I was impressed. You know? Mit Matt Mitrione actually uh, put me in a double arm bar. Oh. Tapped out both of my arms. And that was the last time I ever went in there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I'm never, I am never doing this again. He, he, I don't think he is known as like the greatest at it. He put me in a pretzel 10 times. I'm like, I'm never going in here. That's good self-awareness over there. Like, hey, yeah. Yeah. we can't break both of their arms day one. Hey, they are not hey, going to come back. I, I just remember something. And by the way, did you know Mitrione was Strahan's backup? Yeah, at the Giants. Yeah, yeah, at the Giants. Yeah, and Michael's like, yeah, he used to love to get in fights in practice. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about the fights. Really? Hey, let's talk hey, about... Hey, real quick, okay. real quick. So here's the other relationships come around too, right? So not only do I call you about that player, but then I started hooking up with some girl in Indy, and I also called him again... <laughs> For information on her to make sure and pass like you're good man good girl you're okay to go right yeah you gotta use your tentacles for everything yeah that, by the way i'm happy you remembered that that was one of the funniest calls i've ever got in my life hey it's jay glazer on my phone all right here we go hey i got a question about about something i'm like you got it jay go ahead and shoot and then he said it and he was like have you heard anything do you know anything i'm like hey, jay you're all right dude don't worry about it i think, yeah. all, I think all is good pretty small city by the way so congrats on all that um Oh, that's awesome, Jay. You're the fucking <laughs> best. Let's go, Michael Thomas. Though I wanted, I wanted to talk to Jameis, talk Jameis, because I want to talk about Michael Thomas, Sean Payton. I assume if Jameis is training with you, and with how long you've been around, you and Sean Payton must know each other pretty well. Now, I, you don't have to obviously. He, he, he was one of those guys I helped early on. Okay, so Sean Payton and you are tight right now. He and Michael Thomas seem to be going at it publicly. Is that a yep. right read on that or no? Yep, you're at the right read. You got the right read. How's it going to end? It's, it's, it started last year. I don't think it's really, I, I, I don't think it'll end good. Um, man, it, it started last year, and then you know, just from what I understand, they want them to get the surgery, and then he didn't went dark on them, and then try to do it a different way. And look, if you want to do it a different way, it's your body, so you're, you should be, you know, say, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do for my body, but you got to communicate. Like, I can't not call Fox back for several months. Just can't happen. Ain't gonna happen, right? Yeah. So then afterwards, then they find out. So yeah, Sean is uh, his head probably exploded that day that he found that out. So how far back does it go? You said it started last year. Like, could you see it? Like, was there signs that something was gonna happen, or things just weren't yeah. great? Yeah. Last year he punched somebody. Uh, he punched one of his teammates and CJGG. And, yeah. And, and then Sean really kind of went off more than anything. And I think Sean always looked at him. Like, he loves me. Knows what it. Because Michael Thomas is a do that, you see him. He competes, man. Right? He is a. Actually, you want out there, but I think in certain cases you want to. You also got to make sure a guy doesn't go so far out over here. So I think Sean tries to keep him over here, somewhat controlled, and eventually things like that happen. Yeah, and hopefully they'll be able to work it out, especially for the Saints who have had to restructure a lot of things with the contract salary and new quarterback. Obviously, you want to have Michael Thomas there. You just said you don't think it's going to work out well. I'm excited to watch that thing pan out. Uh, I know the boys have a couple questions for you. Go ahead, Ty. Jay, you reported at the uh, Hall of Fame game that if Rodgers doesn't like uh, the, the situation with the front office that they've agreed at the end of this year, they will trade him. When did yep. that come about? Because I feel like that kind of slipped through the cracks and that wasn't really reported initially when yep. he did sign the new contract um yeah and i think it's more of an agreement like uh hey we've agreed to do this i don't know if it's in the contract but it's more of an agreement now he could also say you know what i'm gonna elect not to look to get that trade and i'll play out one more year and then i'll have unrestricted free agency because he he won't decide if, they, if he says yeah i'm out he won't really 
fully get to decide where he goes. Uh. Right? If they just work out a trade. So he may decide, you know what, I'll go to that one more year here and uh, just I'll be unrestricted. That'll be one more year. I, I think at the end of the year, unless something dramatic, unless somehow, some way, he and Goody go out to an Applebee's and they get drunk together and they do a whole bunch of kumbaya and they take a couple edibles and all of a sudden they love each other. I just don't see it come back around. Hey, mushrooms can get introduced into that night and happen, yes. make things happen yes. much yes. quicker if they had to. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Jay, what the hell's going on in Las Vegas? Like four executives have resigned and also uh, I think three or four players have retired. What, what's the deal over there? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's the Raiders. <laughs> just because they move cities doesn't mean they're not the Raiders, right? So it's funny. It is pretty funny because they moved to Las Vegas and everybody just assumed that they would be – like a different place. It's still the Raiders, right? And now we get surprised. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, Bedane got burnt out. Um, they didn't see it coming. I do know that. But I think oh. he just got burnt out of it. And then after that, it just boom, 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 boom. Uh, but it's uh, it's going to be uh, that's an interesting place. And, again, like we're talking about the Raiders. If we said this and they were still up in Oakland, we wouldn't really be like, ah, oh, a bunch of people quit the Raiders. We wouldn't really – it wouldn't really, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. If you're like, yeah, it's a Wednesday. You know? <laughs> uh, we're talking to Jay Glazer, hashtag Jay New. Uh, you had a great Hall of Fame weekend, I assume. Any good party stories you're allowed to say this oh. early? Who had the best party, do you think? And can that be judged? So Steve Hutchinson, Hutchinson's my dude, right? He's like original gangster, man. He had a great one because it was an early, early one. And there was like no other party. So everybody was there. And that one was fantastic. Um, except me spilling, me or Rondé Barber spilling. Or Rondé, allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Mm-hmm. allegedly. Allegedly. And um, and our crew for that was, so Hutch, you guys know I'm friends with Guy Fietti. So was Hutch. Like great friends with him. So Guy flew in for Hutch. So he was there. So we got to kind of hang it with him. And so we had a little crew, Peyton Manning and, and Lynch and myself and and guy, and it, it got pretty fun and messy. Um, yeah, donkey. Sounds. And then um, Lynch's party was—he had Lionel Richie play. All right, oh, wow. he had Lionel Richie. Oh, Hello, is it me you're looking for? Yeah, you nailed it, Jay. Nailed it. Uh, so that was good. Um, except when I walked into Lynch's party, I mean, everybody is looking at me like shame, shame, because I spilt wine on fucking Lynch's jacket. Yeah. So the whole. The whole family, yeah. all his friends, all of this. They're like, shame. I walked around like, holy shit, this is terrible. You know, <laughs> like the market cane on me. And then um, <laughs> and then uh, Peyton's party last night was fucking awesome. It was awesome. Peyton, it's Peyton Manning, right? He knows how to do it. It was freaking fat. It was that one. Uh, that was the best one I've been to in a long time. Oh, I, I'm sure Peyton and the Mannings will enjoy uh-huh. hearing that. I got a lot of drunk texts from that thing this morning and uh, sure last did. night. I heard, <laughs> I heard it was amazing. Go ahead. I'm sure you did, man. <laughs> Jay, you were, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You were talking about going in town and, and drinking with coaches. If you had to go to an event, a drinking event, a competition with a coach, which coach would you bring? A drinking competition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not an NFL coach. You ready? Chip Kelly. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Will drink, he, will drink, he will drink 17 Coronas before you know it. I'm not fucking kidding. It's, not fucking it's unbelievable. And it's just like you're there for like two hours and just see him piling up. 
and he doesn't his demeanor doesn't change he doesn't get drunk he just keeps going and going and going and then you're sitting there and i had one day i had sean mcveigh meet us down at the beach i'm like hey we're chip and move down there so he likes his pub, his pub down there sean came down and like halfway through sean sees what chip's doing he just looks at me he's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> that's an animal <laughs> he was so impressed by it yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he, that, I would say Chip takes a kick on that one. Well, Jay, we're and so obviously, obviously Bruce Arians because yeah, it just I don't know when he's not drinking. So, <laughs> <laughs> calls him his vitamins. That's what he told us. <laughs> I the, got to see him last night, which was I mean I freaking love Bruce, dude. He's just he's as real as it gets, man. Right. A lot of training camp schedules have been changed because the Hall of Fame parties over the last two days. I'm excited to watch you go to Cleveland, then to Pittsburgh, and everywhere. Oh. We got to get out of here, Jay. You're the absolute best, bud. We appreciate you. I love you all. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. You too. Congrats on everything. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Glazer. Just two days removed from AJ Hawk raising $300,000 cash for an incredible charity named... Yeah, for the Hawk Family Fund at the James Cancer Hospital. Nope. Nope. What is the deal with the belt buckle? Is there a, there's a story I don't know, obviously. Standing ovation for AJ Hawk and the Hawk Family Fund. Honestly, thank you for everything, AJ. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Hawk Family Thank you, Hawk Family Fund. Thank you, Hey, Thank you, Lennon. Thank you, veteran Hendricks. Thank you. Thank you, Jack Johnson. Welcome back to the show. Just had to have a moment there to say thanks to the Hawks. And I hope Krauser's on already and he has to see that. No, nah, he's not. He's got a minute until he'll be joining us. So honestly, I thought he was potentially going to be on and then I heard he wasn't on. So a, a golf clap became a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to potentially, as it should have been, you're 100% right. Uh, joining us now. Ladies and gentlemen, out of Oregon, just became a Olympic gold medalist and a world record holder, breaking his own goddamn record. A guy who throws 16-pound rocks further than any human in the history of throwing 16-pound rocks, which I do believe began as soon as they found a rock that weighed 16 pounds. Mm -hmm. Has to be thousands and thousands of years, the greatest of all time. United States of America gold medal winner at the Olympics, the powerhouse, Ryan Cross. Yeah! What's going on, man? Um, not much. Thanks for having me. Hey, Krauser, quick question. All right. You might be the most explosive human to ever walk Earth uh, with the ability to throw that thing further than ever. The first time you broke your own record, you had a hat in your eyes. You couldn't even see anything. Did you ever play football? Was it always shot put? I know it's in the family. Shot putting's in the family. But was that the only thing you ever focused on, track and field? Because it looks like you could have done whatever the hell you wanted. Yeah, so I played football uh, growing up. I was actually a quarterback. I was tall and skinny. And definitely not built like a lineman when I was playing football. And so I played uh, defensive back. I was free safety and cornerback on defense and then QB on offense. And then 
Uh, after I really like around freshman year of high school, I quit playing football to focus on fall basketball. Uh, I was playing fall basketball kind of in that fall ball. Uh, and basketball is really one of my main sports all through high school. Uh, I was, I was pretty talented in basketball conference player of the year as a junior <laughs> and then focused on track when I went to college, uh, at the university of Texas. Got it, AJ. What was the, uh, the experience like when you got there to the Olympics, I guess not having really fans there, like, was there like any extra anxiety or nerves getting there? And did it feel like, okay, Hey, this is it. This is the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, so it, it definitely had a different feel uh, at this Olympics than my past uh, world champs or Olympics. I'd say the biggest thing with this one is just it was very stressful. And the stress that's, for me, hard to deal with is stuff that I can't control because that stuff you want to let go uh, and not let it kind of weigh on you. But when, and I mean, it was no one's fault. It's just the status of, of the world right now is uh, – with COVID, you just every morning you take a COVID test, and you would just pray your phone didn't go off uh, that day. Because <laughs> if it did, you're you're pulled out. If you get COVID, even if you're asymptomatic, even if you're vaccinated, you're out of the games, uh, and you're locked in a hotel room for seven days. And so that was like the stressful part. Every morning, COVID test, and then like any notification, like you didn't want to look at your phone at all. Um, and for any athlete, that's the absolute worst thing. If you go out there and compete and have the worst day of your life at the Olympics, that sucks, but at least that's on you. Like, that was under your control. So the number one thing I wouldn't wish on any athlete is that text saying, hey, like, you're you're getting locked down. Uh, so that was, that was the most stressful part of this Olympics. It, as far as fans not being there and the stands being uh, empty – it's the it's still the Olympics. Uh, I mean, it's if you can't get up for the Olympics, the and even without fans, like you might want to reevaluate what sport you're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the waking up and getting the dreaded COVID test every morning, and then potentially getting a text that says all of your hard work is all for naught. Actually, you're getting locked down in a hotel for seven days all by yourself and then flown home. And everything you've just done for an extended year, five years now, is all for naught. In the shot-putting world, and forgive me for not knowing enough about this, you said world championships and previous Olympics. Is there like a week-to-week league where you uh, can dominate folks? Is it, How does it work? And is the Olympics just basically the pinnacle? That's a Super Bowl of, of everything you do. Yeah, so... Olympics is, is definitely like our Super Bowl. Um, we have what we call majors. Uh, so you have every, odd, usually every odd year is a world championship year. And then every four years is an Olympics. And so the major for this year was the Olympics. Next year's major is world championships. And then in between, um, we have what is, what is the Diamond League. And so that's around the world. Um, so before two or eight competitions, depending on the year, depending on the event. So, like this year's shot has four uh, to qualify for the Diamond League final, Diamond League final, and it's based on a points race. And uh, so that's every year we have a Diamond League final, and you kind of fill it in with meets in between. So it might be some lower level pro meets, uh, like Grand Prix style, or I've done a couple all comer meets this year where I just threw at uh, the University of Arkansas, uh, both indoors and outdoors. You beat everybody at all these things all the time. 
I, I do my best. <laughs> the way the commentators were speaking, though, when you came up, they were like, ladies and gentlemen, this show is about to fucking start. <laughs> uh, is that a lot of pressure? I assume it is. At all these events, you're the guy. Especially now, you've broken your own record like three times. And I'm only saying this because it seems to happen in the Olympics in these types of sports. Phelps was like, every time he got in a race, he's got to win. Usain Bolt, we talked to him. Every time he's in a race, he has to win. Simone Biles, anytime she got into an event or did anything, the expectations were she's going to win. I think, and I don't know enough about you or shot putting, but you are in that same exact vein whenever it comes to shot putting if the commentators were speaking in the proper fashion. Do you know that? Does that propel you to work harder? Is there any thoughts about the whole, like, hey, I am kind of carrying shot put right now? That's how they were talking. Like, hey, this guy is setting the, the standard for shot putting. Do you think about that, or do you try to block all that shit out? Uh, I mean... I try to block most of it out. I, the, the way I approach it is, I mean, anytime I'm going out to compete, I can control what I do and how well I do it. Uh, I can't control what the other guys throw. Uh, so my main focus is throw as far as I can. And so I feel like I actually have less stress on myself now uh, than I did pre-world record because before I knew I could throw the world record and I knew it was possible, but it was like okay, I know I can do it. Now let's try to make it happen. And I would get a little bit tight. I think there was at least six different competitions where I was expecting to break the world record going into it. And it just didn't happen. Like I've set myself up really well. I'm in a good place to do it. And it just didn't quite let it happen. So now that I have the world record, it's like I'm just competing against myself, which is exactly where I want to be. I want to walk out there and throw a personal best and say, I'm the best I've ever been personally today i'm better than i was yesterday and hopefully tomorrow i'll be better than this uh but that kind of takes the stress off because i'm not worrying about the other guys will throw if i go out there and throw the best i've ever done i i can't be disappointed with that so i'm worrying about myself when i go out to compete and i'd say the pressure is actually less now that i'm now that i have the world record because i'm not trying to chase anyone i'm just trying to chase myself that's awesome that's a great way to look at it i hope you maintain that for the rest of your life as you can see I'm sure by watching and looking right now, me and AJ, AJ, let him know a little bit. Me and AJ. I'm good. AJ, AJ, could you please? Okay. By the way, I saw AJ in real life this weekend. Uh Uh-huh. Huge. Yeah, no, he is absolutely. What do you do? Just explosive exercises all the time? Are you just hang cleaning and snatching all day? It looks like that is basically what the shot put is. Is just who can be the most explosive human on earth? Is that what you wake up and try to do, or am I missing something? Because you are a monster who spins so gracefully. Former quarterback. It, what is the workout plans? And is that every single day? Yeah, so we I lift uh, four to five days a week and throw the same number. Uh, so I'm staggered. So like three days a week are double uh, throw and lift, and then the other ones are, are standalone workouts. And I feel like for shot, there's kind of three the, three sports that you kind of draw comparisons to. So you have to be dynamic and you have to be fast. And so in terms of that, we almost train like a really short sprinter, like just the block start portion of what a sprinter would do because uh, we don't have to – it's – quick it's all uh reactive and so you're not training like 100 meter sprint you're just training pretty much to run the fastest 20 meter that you possibly can got it Uh, so that's kind of the dynamic aspect and then you definitely have the strength portion so 
you know, all everyone out there has a has a big bench, a big squat, uh, and solid Olympic lift. So that all, that part of the training kind of resembles an offensive lineman. You, everyone's over pretty much 300 pounds. Uh, like if you're 300, oh, you're on the small side right now, and uh, so that's kind of like like you took an offensive lineman, combine him with the sprinter, and then add in the rotational aspect because we are rotational athletes. And so some of that, uh, I work at the University of Arkansas as a volunteer coach and work with baseball a little bit. So a lot of my rotational training kind of resembles what a, a major league slugger would be uh, from the baseball perspective. So you kind of combine those three and you'll have a pretty good shot putter. Ryan, I don't know you well enough. I hope to one day we can share belt buckles and cowboy hats. I hope so. <laughs> one day we can. But has anybody ever told you now that you're this incredible freak dynamic athlete that if you're 300 pounds you're on a small side can hey couldn't you right now now i'm not saying anything you're gonna be the greatest shot putter of all time you do you okay i'm just but isn't right now a great time for ryan krauser to potentially go <laughs> and then bang and then just get 200 million dollars isn't that something is that it feels like you have and that's all i could really watch while you were throwing because I, I didn't fully understand shot putting i i honestly i've no idea how is it one of the original sports because the history in your family is massive right in this is shot putting it or my did i miscalculate that or, or hear hear that wrong yeah so my uh family definitely has a track and field background uh, started with my grandpa. He threw javelin in the fifties uh, when he was the ar- in the army, and was def- was a very competitive javelin thrower. And then my dad and my two uncles were also track and field athletes. So my dad was a most specialized in discus. My uncle uh, Dean was shot put, and my uncle Brian was uh, javelin thrower. And he was actually an Olympian in eighty eight and ninety two. And then twenty sixteen. My cousin Sam uh, was my roommate in Rio in the Olympics. He was a javelin thrower. Oh, so your family just throws shit. Like, hey, this is what <laughs> yeah. we do. We just throw things better than ever. I'm not telling you. I love what you're doing for the shot put game, and you're changing it all. But every once in a while on those four- to five-day lifts you got, just, I mean, if you – it feels like yeah. you Whoa. are built – to be a tackle that pay, they pay a lot of money to. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Ryan, was there anyone uh, in this Olympics that you got to meet that was uh, someone you were looking forward to that you actually were, uh, wanted to uh, meet? Uh, so that's the tough thing about this Olympics is that it was very uh, limited on exposure and the way that the as, – as far as just intermingling and meeting new people. So it was really regimented, and there was some – not that the rules were super strict, but for me, it was just like, I've got to limit my exposure to as little people as I can. And so it was like, I was in my room, I was at the venue training, and then it was grab food real quick and back to my room just because I wanted to make sure I got to compete. Um, Did you so sleep that- on that cardboard bed? Were you on a cardboard bed? No, I was not. They actually uh, brought in some bigger bed. <laughs> Uh, it was like a twin size bed, so I was really appreciative of that. It had an actual bed frame, uh, so that was nice because I did. So after my roommate uh, or my suite mate left, he had a cardboard bed, and he had the be- he had the room with the best uh, the best view. And so I was sitting there, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna tie my shoes," and sat down on the edge of the cardboard bed, and it uh, folded. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
What a body shaming situation going on. Yeah, I can't. can't You didn't didn't deserve that, Krauser. Go ahead, Tone. Right. So maybe not so much this Olympics, but the past Olympics. So track and fields, the the second week, the later later in the competition of the Olympics. Like, do you have to deal with like the swimmers and shit being done with their events and and being loud and partying? Are they respectful in the Olympic Village in the community while other athletes still haven't competed yet? Yeah. So I mean, both Rio and. especially this one the village was pretty quiet uh it definitely kind of i feel like you hear about the village being this massive party scene and i really haven't seen that at all um i mean there was maybe a little bit in rio and absolutely really none in tokyo uh but i mean rio you had the perfect party down in like copacabana was just I know that most of the athletes kind of got out of the village because mm-hmm. you're like an hour removed. Yeah. It, yeah. It built up this these massive high-rises outside of the city. And so a, kind of a combination out of respect to the athletes that are still competing, but mostly because you've got a massive party going down. <laughs> and uh, that was the place to be. So the, I didn't really see uh, – so I didn't have any restrictions with that. So definitely was appreciative of that in Rio. Uh, but I don't blame them for leaving the village and going down to Copacabana to hang out. Yeah. At the Copa. Copacabana. Lochte will go <laughs> to the gas station. He's a different guy now. Yeah, true. Different guy. Yeah, true. He deserves to be treated as such. Last question for you, Krauser. Thank you so much for your time. Go ahead, Ty. Ryan, you talked about how you're basically just competing against yourself now. Do you worry that like you don't have anything else to prove or you're going to get tired of this or are you going to throw a shot put until your arm falls off? Uh, I'm going to keep doing it at least for a while. I mean, what I enjoy the most of it at this point is uh, just trying to improve myself. And I know that I could still throw farther than what I have. And so really? that's me excited about it. Yeah, so like if looking at my uh, throw in the Olympics, that was definitely a better throw than my world record at the Olympic trials. But it was, so I was thousands of miles away from home, walking 20,000 steps a day uh, to get around the village, different food, different bed. And on the two and a half hours of being at 105 degrees heat index to still throw within less than three inches from my lifetime best, I definitely know if I just take out some of those detrimental variables, <laughs> own bed, not walking a ton, just like pull up to the track and go, uh, that that throw itself would be would be an improvement on my world record. All right, well, we can't wait to watch it. We appreciate you, appreciate you so much for your time. Uh, what I heard and what I learned from is you got to keep your hand on that thing as long as possible. You know, that's how you get all the power. Is that right? Yeah, so you want to keep both feet on the ground as long as you can because then you're applying force. And, yeah, push on that ball as long as you possibly can. And you need a really strong hand. Uh, there's a lot of force sure. that's going to moving a 16-pound ball 76 feet. So, uh, definitely need strong hands. You bowl with a 16 pound ball? <laughs> <laughs> if I can, I bowl with whatever I can fit my fingers. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, hand definitely gets swollen. You ever, uh, you ever punch that punching thing that says how strong you punched? I'm worried about breaking my hand on that. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up my hand, throw on the heavy gloves, and hit the heavy bag a little bit uh, for off season conditioning. But I haven't done. I'm scared of the punching machine. I'm just. I'm afraid of hitting that wrong with a ton of power. If I if I break my hand, that's that's how I learn a living. So, kind of keeping 
the main thing, the main thing on that one. Smart. Hey, I'm gonna send you a uh, Oculus. Getting oh, this, yeah. Here to throw a fight. We can see how hard those bombs are. Uh-huh. It's virtual reality fighting, Krauser. You'll love it, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, gold medalist, world record holder, absolute legend of a human. The cowboy hat was beautiful, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Krauser. Thank you. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. And the house is packed out for hour two. Uh, Hammer Down boys are joining us. Great yeah. to see you guys. Hope you had incredible weekends. How are we? Are we hot? Are we cold? Are we still winning? Gumpy's we the hottest gambler on the planet. You're back. We oh. know it. Hey, Gumpy, here's what we said. We said you were going to take a little bit of a stumble and get right back up onto that incredibly hot gambling horse. The heater horse has been ridden again. What are you betting on everything? 12-0 and 0 baseball this weekend. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. You're all the way back, dude. Yes. Let's go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He was handing out cash right now to people. Beautiful. Beautiful hey. life. Hey, thank Beautiful. you for that. You can listen to the... Are you Are you winning as well? or? I was undefeated this weekend. No, you didn't bet. You didn't like the board. No. Yeah, you're out of time. I did. <laughs> So if you want to listen to two undefeated gamblers in three days, 15 minutes after this show ends, youtube.com forward slash hammer Don, they're handing out cash, it feels like, every single day. Joining us now is a man who did that this weekend in a beautiful fashion. I think a few hundred thousand dollars was raised in this man's house uh, over the weekend in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Now, his house is a mall. Figured. (laughs) His property is... Massive, mm. seventy-five yard tent in the side yard. Didn't even know it was there. That's where the event was taking place. An actual carnival was happening in his side yard, and his neighbors couldn't even know that it happened because they can't see from how far back into his land he lives. <laughs> Maybe the nicest house I have ever <laughs> walked into. Wow! Wow! Ever every room is like, oh, this is the nicest insert name of room I've ever seen. Let me turn the corner. Oh, fuck. This is the nicest name of room. Oh, like, don't sit in living room room I've ever seen in my life. Oh, this is the night. Every room was like that. Amazing. This guy is living the way he is. And I got a chance to see the attic that he tries to burn down every single day Mm. with his massive torch flame and cigar. That's like maybe the best quality setup sound studio really? I've ever seen in my entire life. Ladies and gentlemen, a man we all owe a lot more respect to, I think, on a daily basis. Former fifth overall pick who signed for maybe 
what it looks like. $750 million (laughs) guaranteed, ladies and gentlemen, AJ. What's going on, AJ? What's happening, man? You look, uh, yeah, very tough in that belt buckle. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's not just about being tough. It's about letting people know that I've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. I've wrote it all, and I've come back on the other side. Let's talk not about the belt buckle and what I've done. Let's talk about you. What an incredible, incredible event you put together this year. Right. That was awesome, dude. That was really cool. I've been to a lot of events. I, this is the first time I've ever been invited to an event, though, to not work it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, nice. So I, I think this is the first time I've ever gotten to experience an event. Normally, the only time I get invited, they say, hey, clown, going to need you to work, though. You got it. Getting a chance to go and experience it, my wife and I, we absolutely love it. You're doing good things over there, AJ. That should be talked about a little bit more. Hey, well, we appreciate you and Sam coming. You guys were a big hit, and you added a lot to the uh, the occasion. You even bought an auction item, a, a live auction item that I'm sure you will get to at some point. But, yeah, I, I have uh, obviously there's tons of people that – set everything up and work on it all year long. So it's not, you know, I am, me and my wife, we host it, but they do all the work. So yeah, we, we appreciate them and everyone that came. But honestly, you were awesome. I mean, people, Stop. I think when they see you in person, they're like, oh, I didn't know they're, they make humans like this, like this guy that <laughs> cruises around, just everything about you. It's a great thing. I think it's, I mean it as a compliment, but I think, uh, yeah, you guys handled yourself great. I think it seems like you guys had fun. I don't know. We had a blast. My wife and I don't, First of all, like I just said, we don't get invited to these types of events unless I'm working them. So it's like my wife either goes and she brings a friend to hang out with or she doesn't go at all. And I'll see you later afterwards. This is the first time we got to really go to an event and enjoy it. Hey, a lot of motherfuckers there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, there was a lot of people there. And, and I think that was a little bit alarming to both of us as we smoked our fourth or fifth of the day. You know, we looked at how big the crowd was growing because we were staying at his house, which once again, I, it was like a fucking four season resort. <laughs> yeah, I lost in there, dude. They had like a, you know, when you walk into a hotel, uh, maybe there in some hotels though there'll be like a welcome letter yeah, you know, oh yeah. there. Yeah, they had a welcome letter to their guest chocolates room. Chocolates on dude, your pillow. Wi-Fi password. A whole snack uh, thing. A whole snack. Good thing. God. Whole, whole, whole snack thing. It was a marble bathroom that we were staying. My of course, God. that we were staying in nicest house I've ever seen in my entire, greatest host of all time. And then his Lady Hawk, right? She uh-huh. wakes up in the morning. She makes breakfast for 50, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, and the food was unbelievable. It was, uh, you guys did an incredible job. I just want to let you know, we had a lot of fun, but we were, we didn't know how it was going to go with us, to be honest. It's not something we normally do. Everybody was very nice. It was a hell of an event. Yeah, well, speaking of that, you being at the event and saying you were a little like overwhelmed, Multiple times. So we had, we have, there's a cop there that just is there to, to work the event and do everything. If there's noise complaints, multiple times people would kept saying, man, who's smoking weed? Like, is there somebody smoking weed here? And it was, they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And you would just hear random people like, oh, yeah, I saw some other guys smoke. Like everyone said multiple people were. And I was like, I'm pretty confident. I know where that's <laughs> Hey, you did put us in a wing that was pretty well hidden, though. So we appreciate that. We got a chance to sneak away a few times and come back and, I, I did, you know, I have to say this because I hope people go to your events forever and ever. This is the 10th year, by the way, doing this. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. I guess in years past, there had been potential tours of his house that people were just giving themselves to. Oh. Just right outside, they just walk into the nicest house of all time and just roam. Isn't that kind of how it went there for a few years? 
Uh, every once in a while, yeah, later in the night, there may be someone that we are acquaintances with or we're somewhat close with, and they start dragging random friends that we don't know through the house. And, oh, hey, don't go that one. There's Axel sleeping in there. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Axel, by the way. <laughs> Warrior. Legend. Yeah. Axel's everything that we could have dreamed about, by the way. <laughs> Anything we thought of this guy who knocks on the door that is right to AJ's left there, pounding on that thing, <laughs> kicking people wherever the hell he wants. And I believe he, the first thing he actually said to me once he kind of was okay with me, because at the beginning he was just punching me. Mm -hmm. nice. you know, just like punching me in my hand or in my legs or anything like that. One point he started snorting on me. I think that was a good time. He like started snorting on me. That was a good come together moment. And then he looked at me one time and just said, uh, butt cheeks! And then, <laughs> wow. then went to punch me in the butt. Yeah, so he is yeah. everything that we, we could imagine. But the party dude was, it was amazing. And, and I said earlier, like, I normally only get invited to these unless they say, like, dance clown, you sure. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I almost got out of doing all of that at this event. He signed me up for something that was maybe the worst spot I've ever been put in. <laughs> oh, no. Ever, it, it, Not even close. If that's no! the worst spot you've ever been okay. put in, I feel pretty good about your life so far. Okay, so he asked me if I would want to be a horsey. Okay, you were that's right. You said, absolutely, yeah, this is my time to shine. Like, you were juiced. That that was not the answer. I will I will let everybody know that that was, what is a horsey? I said, what is a horsey? What is going on? He's like, well, it's this race where there's dice. They roll dice, and then you move forward, and then people bet on you, and if they win, they win money or whatever you want to do. I'm like, sure, I'll do that or whatever. Then I get to the, to the whole thing, the whole song and dance. The way you be a horse is you get called up onto the stage, all right, and dance 450 people, 75-yard tent, there's people on stilts, clowns walking around. All right, there's a lot happening at this point. You go up there, you have to cut a promo, okay, to the people on why they should bid on you or buy you because you're going to win the race later or whatever. In the race, literally, you just stand there and two dice roll. So Bob Carpenter, General Bob Ooh, Carpenter. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> you get, hey, you guys really bonded. General Bob Carpenter, maybe most electrifying human oh. of all time. Wow. You hear me? So we were told to dress like a carnival and there's going to be a circus happening. So I wore just a red and a black tank top with black shorts and my wife wore like a black dress. It was just like, okay, here we go. AJ had an entire circus master's costume on. His wife had this custom. It was, Ooh. there was people wearing hats and mm -hmm. masks and there was a lot of shit going on. General Bob Carpenter, I think he was uh, Tarzan. I think he was just what what he was. He just wore ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah, and that by the way, that was like at the beginning, like speedo bottom, wow. and he had boots on at the beginning. And I was one of the first people to see it, and he just showed up. Bob Carpenter, he's still playing football with the Ohio State <laughs> Buckeyes, right? In the in that I heard a story. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's jumped into a few bowl practices when I let him. Yeah. Put pads on oh. back in bowl practice. <laughs> what? Yeah, he put pads on. Animal. Played in bowl practice, yeah. And he, I guess he described it, he was pumped he didn't have to do uh, individual drills or whatever. Yeah. So the coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes had to go, hey, General Bob, you don't got to do these. Yeah. <laughs> Just get ready for it. So he is, Matt, I'm, when I'm talking, he looks like a fucking RoboCop-like thing. He hey, huge. Pat, hey, one of my favorites was when you initially, like everyone, Bob and his wife were there. They showed up, and then we we're in the kitchen, and you just stared at Bob, and you're like, "What?" And you just kept looking at him, and he looked at his wife, and you're like, "Is this 
is he always this vascular? Is this just what he is? Like, you, it was awesome. Yeah, Bob had to feel pretty good. Bro, he looked like a superhero, okay, with how yoked he was and everything. Veins. And that was, he was fully clothed at that point. And then he went into like a, a phone booth and then yeah. he came out and he was wearing his Tarzan one sleeve. And, a, and a, I guess who forced him to put the black tights on underneath that? Because he was going to go full thigh. Wow. There's people wearing suits at this thing. <laughs> and, and Bob's just walking around this Tarzan thing, yoked out of his mind. Okay, just absolutely yoked, having a good time. He grabbed the mic five, six times, cut promos. Ooh, during, during this auction thing, he was doing full high. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, oh, I mean, it was, it was fucking electrifying. He grabbed the mic a couple other times to sell a couple other items that were definitely, you know, definitely expected him to say things that he said to 450 people live. Yeah. Uh, General Bob, is that just who you guys hire for entertainment every year? He was unbelievable <laughs> that night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I texted him before and said, thanks for always coming. Thanks for bringing the juice, man. You really, uh, you, if you need somebody at an event that is going to not only enjoy himself, but get everyone else around them to enjoy it, uh, invite Bob. He'll he had there. a good time. He had a good oh, time. Oh, yeah, ripping it up. Um, you know, there was a couple speakers, and I think this does come from being in a locker room when you're in a team meeting and you listen to people speak a lot. You know, General Bob and I had some good judgment of the speakers that were speaking at sure. the event. Doctor came up on the stage. Okay, very smart doctor. Because the money, they're raising so much money. They did something. This doctor gave a speech that was, you know, very good. Very good speech. Talking about uh, some sort of protons. and I mean, oh, it okay, was... Gotcha. Scientific. It was very good. Real work has been done because of this hawk thing that happens at their house. Like, millions of dollars have been raised. And, like, real... Like, this is a Damn. really good thing. The doctor, though, made the dreaded mistake of reading his speech. Oh, no. Can't do it in public. Me, me and Bob, just as soon as he started reading, we're like, come on, man. Come on, just let it eat. Let it eat. Mm -hmm. And then we, we try to give it a chance, you know, as we're listening to the words coming off. They're like, oh, really good stuff. Clapped him off. This doctor is great. And then literally as he got past us, Bob goes, I got to go tell AJ. He, I think he got up and I think he <laughs> told you, right? Is that what he got up and told you up there? Is that what he I told think you? He, he mentioned something about it. Yeah, reading. Yeah, he, he can't do it. Can't Come do on. It. Can't have it. Then another doctor came up and that doctor kind of, you know, hit the boom, boom, boom. It was just... Uh, General Bob Carpenter is a man. I, I don't know what it would be like to be around every single day. I have no clue how how your life would be able to top itself each day, but I think General Bob Carpenter could do I mean, it. the guy saved Big Ten football. Boom. I wish I was around him when that was happening. Oh. <laughs> so bad. We missed out on that completely. Thank you for your event, though. Thank you for the hospitality. And uh, I was thoroughly impressed with everything you had going on, AJ. Hey, hey, once again, I, we appreciate you coming, man. We're glad you had a good time as well. You, you took a selfie with the Roosters thing, and my wife's friend who runs a bunch of stuff at Roosters is so juiced. She's, she's going to start making Roosters tank tops now because of you. Ooh. I will say this about Roosters, okay? I grabbed the Rooster. He obviously had. There's a mini donut truck out there. Yeah, of course. There's a Rooster out here. There's Fried tacos. Stuff. There's, Spares no expense. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Well, there's a reason why the guy who owned that island always stayed at AJ's house when well, he was in Ohio. Sure. Funny you say that because as we were flying in. Johnny Depp, he has an island. Well. Does he? Johnny Depp staying at your That's house? not the island we were talking about. No, That's the no that that's who Diggs of. was talking about. You know. You know. Now that I'm thinking back to the people that I do know that have stayed at your house, though, they had to be so impressed by that place. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. You know who I'm talking about. We do. Maybe. I don't, hey, it's Chopper and my wife. They're the ones that did everything. My wife designed it all and Chopper built it. Anyways, 
Great house, dude. Let's move along. Thanks for the invite. It was an honor to go. We had a blast. We got too high a couple times. <laughs> I had to come back down to earth, did the whole thing. I can tell. You seemed fine the whole time to me. Thank you. And that's kind of uh, every single day type thing. But <laughs> whenever you get dragged into, uh, not dragged, by the way, literally, I guess I was dragged a couple times by a couple of Ohio State fans. Oh, no. Yeah, Ohio. It was very Ohio, this event. A lot of scarlet really? and gray. Very Ohio. And I gave a big time OH, by the way. Yeah, did you get some? Oh, yeah. Big I.O. on yeah, the way back. Wow. Biggest ever? Uh, not not the biggest ever. No, somebody's probably done it bigger. AJ did it to lead off his set whenever he spoke at the beginning. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, he got to put like three or four of them, too. Oh, so he was getting like ovations fruit. for him. Yeah, he was, he was doing it. He was crushing it. Low-hanging fruit. It was not low-hanging fruit. I, well, I wasn't going to, honestly, Pat. You jo you made a joke. You said something to me messing around about OH. I was like, ooh, that reminds me. I'm definitely going to get the get people going a little bit. And you did. He hit him. And every time, by the way, it seemed to get louder because there's a lot of drunks on the outskirts of the tent where he was talking. And then they would like overhear the first I.O. It was like, oh, uh, shit, oh. we missed one. <laughs> yeah. And I was told by uh, somebody that I could have done OH 200 times that night and it would have been answered ferociously 200 times. Yeah. They said tonight is a night where that will get said 1,000 times. It'll hit every single time, which leads me to this. OH. You know, I.O., I'll give it to you. Wow! Yeah! got a lot of people to thank for this um so my guys you guys stayed with me every single time i, threw I mean that's up. the last one but that's the last one most likely but i, I you definitely speech, deserve dude. you can say it that was mainly for sam actually not as much as you why are you cutting them off okay well whatever it was for it happened and we yeah. are a results oriented business yeah. so, Boom. and all i know is i sent out an oh and those ducks did not get left on the pond this time after thousands and thousands of attempts with the Ohio State legend who hosts the Ohio State Carnival and his Ohio State Palace has left me hanging every single time. My mom used to send up T's and P's to me every single night saying, Pat, I asked the good Lord to send you an I.O. from A.J.'s mouth tomorrow. Friends and family continued to motivate me to say those two letters that are supposed to incite action. O.H. 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 And all it led to was, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But on this Monday, August 9th, just days after raising hundreds of thousands of dollars alongside the scarlet and gray, alongside the cult that is Ohio State, I get my first I.O. And this is a day I will never, ever forget. Thank you, AJ. Thank yeah. you, AJ. Congratulations, AJ. Thank you, guys. Wow. That was good, man. That felt good. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. How'd that feel for you? Felt good. I mean, it was a good little. Felt good to give it back to you, I guess. But you were it was a good acceptance speech. It's almost like guys like Joaquin Phoenix win an Oscar and give great speeches. Oh yeah, that was awesome. So what did Joaquin do? The, the cow. Toxic. He was he talking cow about like the, the milk. milk and I remember it was that. Good. Yeah. Not toxic. It wasn't toxic. Well, I just assumed that Joaquin did something. I mean, milk off. sounds like it's toxic though. Sour. Yeah. Well, it's just stolen. Joaquin's been good. Okay, good. Yeah, well, he hasn't. He hasn't been. I assumed he was uh, referring to me as doing something that Joaquin did. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, he's milk. He's a great milk. actor, huh? We don't like milk anymore. Well, I know milk was stolen from the mom. Yep. Mm -hmm. Without her consent. Oh. So you got to talk to the cow. You know, whenever they started 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just sliding in there without any, you know what I mean? It just not if you were the calf. Well, the calf was just going in there, and it was just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I'm thinking was happening was when the, the humans got involved, which is what Joaquin with Phoenix was alluding to, was there was a lot of. That's yeah. why we drink almond milk. That's why. Yeah, 100 uh-huh. percent right. Did Actually, the almonds give consent though. Well, the almonds don't have nipples, so I don't think they have a say in the matter at all. But I do drink that milk that is like triple filtered. Oh hell yeah, Ooh, have to. What's it called? Fair life. Oh, yeah, you get separated lactose from the cow. Unbelievable. But I think all their cows say, "Yeah, it's cool." They do. Yeah, they know how to communicate. That's what I like to think. Whenever I'm pouring the milk in, I'm like, "Yeah, cow said it was cool," and I just shut it. Yeah. Well, their standards are so high. That's why they're cool with it at Fair Life because the milk is so good that the cows are like, "Okay, fine. At least you're doing it justice." Now something did happen there. Yeah, their yeah. standards. Oh no! No, they great. have been raised. Yeah, protocols are added. I'd, I'd hope so because they couldn't have got any lower. That was an artist from art situation. Bringing in fucking Mike Tyson to punch these cows in the fucking oh, head. It was unbelievable. Come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Video is bad. <laughs> Our team, by the way, they spun that around pretty fast. I didn't hear this one. Well, oh, just watch the video. You'll never forget it. <laughs> they were getting all they could out of those cows, agent. It's fucked up. Testing their chins big time. It, what? <laughs> what the hell? Just imagine Rocky hitting the fucking frozen ones. They were doing that with live ones. It Why? was Why? terrible. Why? No, it was, it was bad. I'm laughing Very right bad. now because Ty is saying what he's saying. What actually happened was Very not. Fucked up. It was disgusting, yeah. actually. You weren't laughing. Their milk got pulled. Yeah. Actually, yeah. everything got pulled, and then something happened where allegedly it wasn't one of their people that did it. It was somebody else. It was a plant. Yeah, it was a, allegedly. It was something that there was. Espionage. There, yeah, there was some like espionage filming that happened. Allegedly. I have no Wait, idea. Wait, they, they were hitting cows? Yeah, it was bad. Beating the shit it, out it was of bad. them. It was bad. It was bad, bad, dude. It was not good. Kill does that make them milk? Does that, can they milk them faster then? No, I think it was just like. They were treating. Mm-hmm. The it was just animal cruelty at its, its highest. Yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But then something happened because they got back into stores because they were gone for a while or whatever. I think but, it was a HIPAA violation, to be honest. I don't think that is how, that works. how that works. I don't think HIPAA covers cows. <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on who the cow talks to because if it's a doctor, <laughs> That's true. it is HIPAA. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the phones. No, no, <laughs> no. Let's ask AJ about some things that happened this weekend. AJ, please. Huh? I have to ask AJ why the boys weren't invited, pal. What we don't like carnivals or giving money to good causes, pal. So that looks like Gumpy, but that is actually not Gumpy. It sounds just like him. Yeah, though. it does sound exactly like him as well. AJ, what is that all about? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know if Gumpy could travel across state lines, but for the rest of the boys, like maybe yeah. I don't know. Table was a ten. Maybe you get a whole table for the boys. What the hell, we should get a table for the boys. Hey, Would have been nice. We were thinking about. Um, I was part of maybe a brainstorming conversation that was happening between he, his wife, and the mm-hmm. people that do the whole thing. Uh, what next year's theme is going to be? Ooh. I think th- I think you guys I think you guys should uh, I think you guys should buy a table there. Oh, that, absolutely! Yeah, well, just wherever well, the link is. How much is the table? how many? Yeah, how much are the tables and how many the tables are free? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm not sure exactly. We'd like what the a couple tables. Next. We'd like a couple tables. We'll also offer out okay. to the crowd, too, to come. Yep. Yeah. Come on over. <laughs> Can yeah. it be Canada theme, Paul? Uh, oh, maybe, huh? Ooh, maybe a little that, Canadian. That's not a bad theme. Hey. What do we do, then? What do you wear? Jean suits. AJ, why do you let all those people near your house, though? That is something that I have to think about, because you are it's incredible trust that you just... These people... Mm-hmm. AJ does not know all of them. I mean, there's a lot of people that he does not know. <laughs> They're just coming to his yard, having a good time. Getting liquored up. Getting... Mm-hmm. 
boozed up. Yeah. Wandering around the house. Pooping in the plants. And then just go. It's unbelievable. And AJ says, I have 10 years straight we've been doing it. It's amazing. The <laughs> hospitality that you guys have for everybody. I, I, that's unbelievable to me. Bro, we started doing it in our side yard. So I think that's what kind of, I don't know. It would just be, it'd be different and weird if we tried to move it somewhere off site, I think. So everyone's great. I do. Obviously, I don't know all 450 people, but I know a lot of them. And a lot of them come back every year. So there is some trust there for sure. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, I met Chops. No oh, way. Yeah, oh, so awesome. Saw Chops. The best. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about Chops. Am I allowed to talk about Chops? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chops, yeah. He's out there. So Chops. <laughs> chops, uh, the house is obviously grand. Mm-hmm. And then the side yard is where the, the one side yard, by the way. Yeah, of course. Is where the 75-yard fucking tent is where everything's mm-hmm. happening with all the trucks and everything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. The house is like kind of you know guarded off from it with another line of tents but inevitably you have to walk to the front of the house to hop on a shuttle to get the hell out of there chops is sitting on the front porch (laughs) on a rocking chair where there's a light maybe on the here Mm -hmm. and he's sitting in the the shadows (laughs) on the front porch the only thing you see is the end of his cigar lighting up and then smoke Mm -hmm. going in there and as i'm walking up to go into the house like one of our first times in the middle of the the event you know I'm walking up in there and I see that smoke and I hear somebody say like chops from further up. I'm like, oh my God. I tell Sam, I'm like, hey, this is a thing. Like this is a thing right now. That guy over there in the in the shadows, which by the way is the perfect place for him to be right now. <laughs> this is exactly how I thought this was gonna go. This is a legend. I go over there, what's up, chops? <laughs> a full on, full conversation. I didn't he this guy built their house. Jeez. Just, I think with his bare hands. I think with one hammer. I think, I, I think he did the entire thing. No, he's a legend. He's a. I don't like the people. <laughs> he said he's here to support and listen to the music. That's what he said because there's music playing over there, and he doesn't like the people. He's just hanging out. What a legend of a man. It was. It was an incredible event. AJ, you should be proud of yourself. I don't know how you let 400 people in your side yard and just completely cool with it, and that makes it even better. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your Monday through Friday. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes, I'll be eternally grateful for forever. Not every show is a good one, I understand that, but I think today we got some good convos out of some great people. Uh, The boys, I'm so, so thankful for. They work their absolute asses off. The energy levels are always high and positive. I'm so thankful for them. I'm thankful for everybody that listens to this. A very gratitude-filled Monday, and I think tomorrow is going to be even better. Big guest tomorrow. Hey, big guest tomorrow. That might mean we have no idea who's on the show tomorrow. It might mean, wow, it's Tuesday. What's that mean? <laughs> Hashtag in a pod squad. You all are the best. Tweet us. Say what's up. Let's continue to build this beautiful community. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday night as we're back tomorrow with a massive Tuesday. Cheers.